Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Binga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to Why. Your hosts. The great big mouth of the SNS network. Now, at the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. And now, now. And hello there, fans of the SNS Radio Network. I know I'm not usually the voice to lead in, but yeah, Nim's been gone for quite a while. And while we do miss Nim, regardless of whether he's bowling, which I believe is the true reason, or the reason we believe he left, that he's gone in search of Mecca, which, depending on the person it is, it's either Chicago or Louisville, Kentucky. Who knows, but we will see him someday, and when he comes back, he's going to take this spot that I may or may not be horribly doing. But nonetheless, you're here to win. Why? I don't even know what our DOA is. Brass, I mentioned a while back. And along with me is our my other member to the show, Ashley. Hey. How is everybody doing? My reason, mainly because I've just seen Men in Black 3, is he went back to 1969 to try and find Cornette. So... Our excuse is we're trying to get a DeLorean cheap on eBay. <laughs> yeah, them DeLoreans don't come cheap now, if you can even find any. Oh, wait, he never sold them. Busy bit doing yay. Anyway, <laughs> let's start off with the news of the week. And one news thing that's come to our attention, and not the big one that we will be talking about much later in a specific South American country... Nonetheless, there has been leakage occurring. And no, not the type of oil leakage that messes up places. I'm looking at you, Exxon and BP. It is the leakage of the revolution. 
And by that revolution, Revolution X, a.k.a. CM Punk, a.k.a. WWE 13. And if you didn't know beforehand, now you do. So your thoughts on the leak of something that wasn't exactly what we thought, even though there had been kind of talks about that earlier in the week. That, that's been nearly anything and everything, the revolution. It was Dean Ambrose. It was Matt Morgan. It was Zack Ryder with a weird-looking eye. Big it was quite a lot of things. And then the WWE 13, which everybody thought anti-climax, which it kind of was. But I find it interesting that once again, THQ's had a leak. Because I think the same thing happened last year with 12. Something got leaked out a week early. I do seem to remember something of that. Oh, no, it was the All-Stars. Not All-Stars. WrestleFest. WrestleFest trailer got put up on the THQ press page a week before it should have done. Something tells me they do these leaks on purpose. I've always wondered, like, with, like, music or anything that would get leaked, like, how can you just leak it? And from what I've heard, it's just, like, put a CD in there. But, like, when you're controlling the page, unless you have, like, a the video already on there, and, like, should I put it on there? Should I put it on there? Yeah. I don't know how much we can say about the actual content of the stuff. But, to be quite honest, there wasn't a lot there. Because the majority of the trailer was very similar to the Randy Orton one from last year, except it was involving CM Punk. Pretty much. Just, and not all uh, Randy Orton's busy robotic talk or whatever. I don't know. I was trying to find a joke there for Orton, but there some other news. (laughs) But some other news that has come up with it is whether X-Pac will be in the game. Ah, yes. Because according to the interwebs, uh, X-Pac has his model out already made. They just need to... The dispute issue that was news about a couple months back? Yeah, there was a... He went on Twitter, I think, and had a little minor rant about it. Yeah, pretty much. It's exactly what happened. And then there's been talk about the Attitude Era coming back, so... Well, yeah, Mankind was visible in it, Stone Cold, apparently a Ministry Undertaker. So we'll just have to wait till most like, well, Monday for sure. and then Monday is when the trailer gets officially released, and they'll probably release some news about it, and you'll hear more, I'm guessing, when they traditionally reveal it, which is towards August and SummerSlam time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just leaked it on purpose, and there's more footage you're not showing. Something tells me that this wasn't... Yeah. <clears throat> even though they did pull all the videos, but oh well. They're do- yeah, they're doing a Skyfall, and this is a teaser trailer. <laughs> they got, yeah, I just saw the Skyfall trailer not too long ago. I've heard they were going to kill him, but we'll just have to see. We discussed that on the open book, and me and Sean agree. They're like the techno remix of the Bond theme in the, within the last 15 seconds of it. It's awesome. Thomas Newman, you are a genius. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's open book. It's <laughs> Which already up on the archive now. There that's you go. My Just only cheap, that's it. my only cheap plug of the week. 
he's doing my job for me. He's plugging the show. <laughs> <laughs> you can check, of course, you can check that in all the other shows on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, you can check this show now because we're back. And speaking of that, there's some people that have left TNA Wrestling recently. <laughs> speaking of people coming back, there's some people that left. What? Yeah. <laughs> Matt Morgan, of course, has been one of the main rumors, as we mentioned with the Revolution talk. Uh, one lesser known one was Tony Nice, who left to who left so he can do an indie ma- uh, PW uh, indie match for Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Yeah, it'd be Pro Wrestling Syndicate in New Jersey. It would be him and Sammy Callahan teaming up against the Great Muda and his protege Kai. And to be quite honest, I, I I agree. If you had a chance to team up with Muta, you'd say yes. He's fa- uh, fighting against Muta, but nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you're in a so. match with Muta, it's it's he's one of the big guys. I mean, how he even had a career in WCW that was worthy of him being on the list for that WWE did. Yeah, Muta's done. He's one of the rare kind of Japanese guys that really was a success here in America. I remember listening to a YouTube vid- <laughs> uh, video from. Um, What's that show? Um, uh, Don Tony and Kevin Castle. Some people are probably groaning, maybe or not. I don't know, just kind of the style they are on it. But they were talking about how nobody in Japan's really been successful in the U.S. Mm. other than really Muda and, to a lesser extent, Tajiri. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Flair leaving. Oh, oh, that was the next one. Yeah. I just wanted to build up because most people probably did it. Don't know Tony Nese, but... I'd seen him on, I saw him on a couple of indie shows before he appeared last year, but they never used him. And the other two big departures being, well, which one should we go with first? We might as well say Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair is gone from TNA. The rumors have been either that he signed Alex Silva to the open gut check thing, and they didn't want him to because of Silva residing in Quebec. And you know about TNA and Visa issues. Hell, <laughs> just ask Angelina Love. <laughs> and pretty much Flair just being Flair, not making shows, probably owing people a shitload of Flair's money. Flair's kind of good at being Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Flair's pretty good at being Flair. It's not the best thing, but... I was loving the reports that when, they were, when this came out, and, and it was along the lines of, Flair would get drunk and wild, which they weren't expecting. Really? Haven't you seen anything that he's done in history? I mean, hell, the bit Unforgiven 2006 when he showed his ass. And that was just kayfabe, but that probably happened many a time. Was it, it wasn't Unforgiven 06, it was one of the Unforgivens. It was Unforgiven 05. Yeah. Because when he beat Carlito for the Intercontinental title, which for the longest time was like the only major title he never held. Weird now. Yeah. Weird at the time hearing it. But yeah, now it could not be said no more. But most likely Flair's going to be back in WWE. Ring of Honor, I think, is probably still pissed at him that he didn't pay him money. Yeah. Well, considering his daughter's going into SCW. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. The third Flair to the third Flair family, uh, the third Flair 
was the uh, the third of the Flare Children. Well, there's probably I think there's a couple other. Yeah, more the, four, the four Flare, but the third of the Children. Yes, that it wrestled because we know how successful those other two have been. Oh, David and Reed. Yeah, Dayton. I'm David Flair. <laughs> I actually really like the what was it the the crowbar him crowbar and Daphne the new hardcore revolution thing even though he couldn't really wrestle for shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he had that then I heard a weird story about him and IWA he left because Victor Quinones was whacking off next to him while he was asleep or some shit like that. Ooh, was, wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. Tonight's show is rated slightly more than PG. Yeah. <laughs> a little a little touch above PG. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think we can get away with PG thirteen? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be stretching it right there. <laughs> if we were talking about Kelly Kelly, it would have been R. Oh, why did I have to make the Kelly joke? Fuck. <laughs> anyway, we have Flair gone in, of course. De- well, I mean, uh, departures come in threes. <laughs> and the third departure in TNA being one Alex Shelley. Rumors are that he's going to the WWE as a part of their new Cruiserweight show for the WWE Network, or he'll just probably go to Ring of Honor. <laughs> it's just oh, point. yeah, for WWE Network. <laughs> The thing that seems to be delayed more than a Sin Cara or Rey Mysterio push. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they delayed that XFL, would it have worked? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> or the WPF, who knows. Well, we'll have to see with the WWE Network. Just, it's a big gamble, but we'll have to see. Hopefully the Cruiserweight show does come. I would say it kind of stuff saving, but... Saban can probably go on his own anyway. Yeah, he can. It's good. It's, it's, a, sh- it's a shame the machine guns are gone because that's like the last proper tag team that TNA had. Yeah. Yeah, and then they had been injured. They didn't wrestle really a lot last year due to both of them getting injured at very weird occurrences. <laughs> then they just come back and, yeah. It's like. We moved on without you. And it was a great little match that they had. At lock- was it lockdown? Yeah. The yeah. Magnus and, yeah, the guns. Which will be, sadly, their last match, probably for the time being. But Shelley will do well. He's Especially if you've seen his work in Ring of Honor with Generation Next and the Embassy, you'll know. Well, just from that match he had with Ares. Yeah. That was good enough. At Vict- Victory Road, I think it was. I was like, what? Yeah, it's weird because like, a lot of people probably forget that they've been singles wrestlers just about as long as they were a tag team. Yeah, because Sabin... I remember, was it Lockdown 07, the only TNA DVD that I have? Sabin was champ, wasn't he? Um, Sabin was... I remember Shelley was... Saban and Shelley were going the- against each other in that match, in the X, X Division Escape match. Oh. So, yeah, that would have been, I think, either right when they were just about to team in TNA because they had been teaming in... Um, they'd already been teaming for about a year in uh, Zero Japan. 
uh, zero Japan, zero one in Japan. Yeah. But yeah, they're gone, and well, we'll see what happens from there. And uh, the best segue, well, <laughs> and this is why Nam hosts the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 to segue on from the flare, specifically the flare and Shelly releases, is the lawsuit. TNA oh, has well, yeah. flare and lawsuits normally come together, so. <laughs> Yes, they do. And would you care to explain, Ashley? Because I'm somewhat forgetting the gist. By, but it's probably better if you do. <laughs> oh well, this kind of evolved from. I think it was one. Of, it was one of the writing talents, Brian. I'm trying to think. Brian Fernstein, is it or somebody? Who is it worked? Ger- Brian Gerwitz or? Oh no, that's the Brian Wit. Brian Wittenstein. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the guy that got, um... Alright, yeah, yeah, the one that went to, uh... Yeah, TNA's lawsuit basically says that he worked for TNA for three years up until 2011. They say he provided WWE with inside info on TNA contracts and other matters from his time working in the talent relations and live live events departments for TNA. While working for TNA, he also did third-party bookings for TNA contracts to work indies, scheduling, and lots of talent-related grunt work. Is that so that's the motherfucker who messed work? up Supercard of Honor 5. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I had to explain that joke, but my bad, go ahead. Source, TNA sources at the time of his departure said he was let go. Then he said that he'd quit. He was hired by WWE earlier this year and worked briefly as an assistant to Michael Hayes. That's worrying. According to the suit, when they found out the TNA information, they fired Brian Wittenstein. However, TNA claims WWE didn't approach them with that info until the 7th of May, several weeks after they let him go. TNA now claims that WWE is trying to poach their contracted talent using inside info that they got. Hence Ric Flair, hence possibly Shelley. Don't know. I don't know who else they're going to try and sign. But I think this is... The other one. I think this is just TNA trying to make some money. Because they're in yeah. trouble. <laughs> it's very odd that, like, this came up all of a sudden because... Please just tell me like... they've got a no-win-no-fee lawyer. <laughs> They got David Otunga as their lawyer. <laughs> that actually would be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. He, he's a shitty wrestler, but a nice guy. He's a good lawyer. Everything else he does pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see with that lawsuit. It's, see, it's very interesting that, yeah, it's all come up there. I don't know if it's a money thing. I don't know if it's to deflect from them leaving or whatever, but sometimes it's just TNA being TNA. Perhaps it's TNA trying to get big in the news. <laughs> well, they were on Fox then, News course, recently. 24, 24 hours later, they get you set up by WWE. We'll probably get to that because I don't know how many other stories we got, but it's kind of similar to last Thursday when TNA said, we're going live with Impact, by the way. And everyone was like, damn. And about three hours later, 
WWE said, oh, we're going to have live three-hour Raws every week from July, which totally distracted everybody from the Impact announcement. Yeah, I swear it's like... I don't, it's they don't like acknowledge, each other, they don't acknowledge each other as competition, but clearly they are. Yeah, it's hard to like say because... Well, I don't want to say it's hard to say. It's like you pretty you pretty much explained it right there. Like, like yeah, <laughs> goddamn. Um. Anyway, as we move on from my incoherent rambling, um, let's go on into some past news that we might have missed. One of the big ones that we never really got to talk about was going back to TNA, the signing of King Mo. Mo, not related to Mo from Man on a Mission. No, he is not. But apparently, he's been spotted somewhere. Where have you seen King Mo at, Ashley? Oh, he was at some sauna health spa place with Mabel. I heard Oscar was working there too. What was he doing there? I don't know. He's they they have a new thing at the uh, mas- uh, massage parlor where you get. Where you get wraps while you're getting the massage by Mabel. Just as long Gail Kim isn't there and it's a happy ending. (laughs) And that joke was brought to you by Don West. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That reminds me... Going into Asian people. (laughs) Oh, whoa, whoa. uh, If I could be racial for a minute... Where have I heard that from before? Uh, here's an interesting story that that reminded me to bring up, even though we just totally railroaded the King Mo story. Pretty much, he's coming in. Well, everybody's talked about it. <laughs> You'll probably want to hear this story more. In Japan, Nosawa Rongai and Ayo Shirai were arrested on charges of marijuana possession at Japan's Narita Airport <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Let me send you the link right here so you can read this with me as I will read verbatim from a certain website. I won't name it, but yeah, most of you probably read it. Japanese wrestlers Nosawa Rongai and Io Shirai, who is also the tag team partner TNA Knockout Sarita and Japanese promotion Stardom, were arrested on Thursday on charges of possession of marijuana. The arrest of the pair who were dating took place at Japan's Narita Airport, where customs officers found 75 grams, worth about $5,000 of the substance, hidden inside a portrait that Nosawa had brought back to the country from a Lucha Libre Expo in Mexico. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's a story right there. <laughs> just the way it, it just, the, the way it's disguised is just smells like French connection when they have the drugs in the body of the car. <laughs> or like in or how like an American gangster how they would how Frank Lucas would put the drugs in the um in the soldiers' bodies coming back from Vietnam. Yeah, that's that's the same thing. Uh, yeah, that oh, portrait uh, thing had me laugh. <laughs> I bet Sarita's pleased. Yeah. That's another tag team partner she's lost. She's lost what? It was uh, Taylor Wilde. Yeah, it was Taylor, her and Taylor Wilde. Um, oh, no. They, she retired. Oh, shit. I'm forgetting which one it was. I think it was either her. Or, one of them had a bad luck of like their partners just retiring. I think it was Sarita. 
the question, yeah, the question is as well, of course, is can Rob Van Dan help them? <laughs> I do not help them. <laughs> Too bad I'm fucking high, dude. And a lot of people are probably th- probably want to snicker in an Evan Bourne joke, but oh, we'll take the high road on that one. Anyway, NXT FCW issues. What do you think oh, yeah. to them? <laughs> this is just this just doesn't make sense. The whole fact that they filmed four episodes worth, which are ready to go, and from what the description of them look really good matches because their FCW matches are not NXT matches. But we have to wait until the quote-unquote season finishes. This is the season that I think has been going on for 60 episodes now. It's been going on for a long, long time. This has been about a good year? At least about a year. I'm I'm trying to get the details because the first four... Went on for about ten episodes each. Yeah. Roughly. And the fifth season, I'm just trying to get up the info for it. Skipping everything. They pretty much totally... 64! (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) this is really brilliant. I stopped... Yeah, the the first season had 15, where Wade Barrett won. Then season two was thirteen. Work of our one. Nexus. Yeah. Season three had thirteen. Season four had thirteen, and season five has sixty-four. What? Competition abandoned. So they basically realised that the talents that were in there were kind of. Yeah, a lot of them, well, the ones that pretty much stayed on when they had the quote-unquote competition are pretty much... Oh, wow. So, because Darren Young and Titus O'Meal were moved to SmackDown, apparently Bateman was declared the unofficial winner. He pretty much is, because Bateman (laughs) only showed up on SmackDown like a couple times. He's not really a regular where Titus O'Neil and Darren Young are now with their millions and millions and millions. Apparently, the Full Sail University stuff won't air until there's a network to broadcast it. Yeah, that's part of the ordeal that FCW tapings are... They, they're already going to finish on June 7th is going to be the final tapings. So that pretty much means just NXT. But that's the problem that there's no network. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is with the way they're taping them, it does smell like Ring Car King. <laughs> I still have not yet to see Rinka King. I'm going to need to watch that. I'm still intrigued to see if Scott Steiner's still on their episodes. Oh, man. Because if he is, that's going to be brilliant. Scott Steiner ranted about Hulk Hogan. Why, oh, why, man. Why is he moaning? He's still in TNA. He's still wrestling for Rinka. Always taped. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it would remind me of when... Um, when Steiner did the promo in WCW where he pretty much just shitted on him <laughs> and said, go watch Austin, the same guy we fired because of you. Okay, so apparently Jim Ross is going to be the full-time full time play-by-play for NXT now. Him and Regal. Yes, and it's going to be 
some kind of three-man or two-man rotation between Regal, Byron Saxton, who he was good when he was on um, ECW right at the end. Yeah. I thought he was good. And the current FCW co-commentator, Chris Russo. Mm, he's Which our... doesn't sound like a bad list, actually, because the FCW tapings, as they are, are still really good. More entertaining than NXT or Superstars, I hate to say. Mm. Yeah, I, I, watch, I tend to watch a little more FCW when I do, because Superstars is really... It's not a bad show, but it's just really kind of whatever to me. There's no... <laughs> yeah. It's probably just because of some of the people on there. Not necessarily that I'll mind seeing the mid-lower card talent, but especially that a lot of more of the indie indie people are down in NXT, uh, in, well, yeah, NXT slash FCW. Even though, as we're seeing, Cesaro's moving up. Ambrose is pretty much just any day now he should be there. Rollins has been talked about soon. You're the Rotundos was another Rhodes, one. The general manager. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes now the general manager. He's like WCW all over again. <laughs> Wait a minute, I just thought about something. If Alex Shelley did go to that, uh, did go to WWE, he wouldn't get booked by Dusty Rhodes. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You get the job. <laughs> I just want this again to the fans. Uh, okay, Alex Shelley. What we need like a uh, pop up. We need like a pop up version of this show just to bring up half the <laughs> shit we reference. Which you, the we British the Microsoft paperclip to somehow appear up. It seems you were not aware of this story. Would you like <laughs> any assistance? <laughs> it's like when I bring up random indie references, you and the British references that. Well, some people will get them, specifically ones in Britain or a producer here. <laughs> Where do we go on from there? Um, you know, uh, speaking of Britain. The big news, other than, of course, the London Olympics, is WrestleMania 30, supposedly making a stop in, you guessed well, it, London, England. Well, or- no. Sorry. This is the WWE Informer in WWE Magazine. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> this, this, this is like saying there is a camel at the South Pole. <laughs> they could say anything. I mean, it just true. says... Olympic Olympic proportions. So for that reason, it could be Beijing. True. Or Atlanta, even though they were just there. No. no. Atlanta, Los Angeles, Montreal, Munich. Oh, wait. Um... Munich. Guest host, JBL. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're going to get into that story later, folks. Oh, no, 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 no. I've just thought of a genius. Where's the where, where's the next Olympics in 2016? Is it in Rio? Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> we'll get to that story in a minute. Yes, we don't worry folks, you will get what we are calling a world exclusive since we are we are blessed slash lucky slash whatever the adjective would be that JJ did not do unplugged. Which we now we don't mind that, but <laughs> actually I probably should stop saying something there. I'll get fired. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. You know, unplugged is on hiatus. Yes, so yeah, that's wanting to know where it is, but it'll be it'll be around. Don't like worry. Our back. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be pleased to see it back because it's it good little show from JJ and Charles. I will say that I've listened to it through God knows how many iterations. 
<laughs> a little softer story here, or whatever the word is, I really don't care. The Tensai name change to just Tensai, or as has been known by our fellow SNS members, JJ Decreed. Yes, JJ Decreed. <laughs> Lord Fatas! And speaking on Tensai, it's amazing how about a couple months ago, we, they were praising about the fact that, oh, WWE should bring in uh, should bring in Giant Bernard. He should kill him people in New Japan. Him and Carl Anderson are killing it yeah, as bad intention. He's been having great matches. Think of the great matches that he can have in WWE. And then, I don't know if it's altitude or climate or something, but Tensai, fat ass just been he has wrestling jet lag <laughs> how long does wrestling jet lag take i don't know i would try to think of a witty thing to say on i would i would ask Kamada, but hang <laughs> on a jet every week yeah pretty much <laughs> just uh with this joke name foreign wrestler here in their in the country like I don't know, like Pock and Dragon Gate or whatever. But but actually, yeah, he lives in Japan now, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Either way, Tensai has changed his name. He's been seen as somewhat of a flop. And I don't know where you really continue with him. It's like the fans are still chanting Albert and not in the good heel way, like the kind of boo we remember who you still were. <laughs> Perhaps he could team up with Brodus Clay. And then hmm. you can have the team Funkies on a sushi roll. <laughs> I don't know. That one can work. And speaking of gimmick changes, there has been a recent gimmick change in uh, FCW slash NXT as a blade involving one Shaw Guerrero, a.k.a. Raquel Diaz, the blade, yeah, just the FCW Divas champion. Mm-hmm. There and you could say she's got a bit gaga. Well, you could say she's got exactly gaga. Yeah. White hair, blue lip gloss, kind of interesting attire, which looks to be a mix between Mickey James and the beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Even though Audrey Marie looks is pretty much Mickey James, the Mickey James replacement. <laughs> if you yeah. Seen. And yeah, the weird thing, the reason why this is somewhat of a story we're printing it, uh, printing it, we're talking about it on here is because supposedly, why should I say suppose? Well, yeah, supposedly the gimmick was going to go to Layla, which that's why I wondered, would that work better as a face gimmick, a heel gimmick, probably both? Yeah, she could have been either. Yeah. Could be like I don't know who would be <laughs> like Goldust or something. He he yeah, that's the original Lady Gaga the WWE, and then well, he got fired. So I don't know. Elsewhere, weird wig. Who's <laughs> the original Lady Gaga? I'm trying to think of who who's, who was the first pop performer that majorly cross dressed. <laughs> like uh, why would the the reference I'd probably go to would be Madonna. Even though I don't know so much about the, yeah, well, probably be arguably Queen. Queen with the "I want to get break free" video. <laughs> I'm gonna need to watch that. That's later viewing for those that why watch the Queen. I want to break free video. 
<laughs> I'm just noticing as well with this form of writing assistant talking, and this is one that JJ will be interested in. The whole oh, yes, Alia Neidhart farting thing. Yeah, <laughs> she used to make fun of her a lot because, from what we heard, she had kind of an eccentric personality. It was in good fun though and not malicious. But at some point, the Natty Night fart joke came up, and we had a good laugh talking about stupid stuff like changing her move to the shart shooter. <laughs> Several weeks later, when I was already fired and the story actually made it to TV, my jaw dropped and I cracked up. You'll be surprised how much stuff is done as a rib on people. Yes, but it's also fucking offensive. <laughs> I know it's well WWE booking. There's. Katie Vick is, of course, the model example of what WWE can do for you. Yeah, but that was in an Attitude Era. This True. is This is, you know, that was supposed to be adult and weird. Not kiddish and weird. Yeah, it's kind of... You know, you Bar- have a weird Barney chatting with Big Bird saying, flip me a joint, Bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to come next. And Ryback, came, Ryback comes in and says, and, and Big Bird says, are you RVD? No. <laughs> and then he proceeds to beat the living hell out of Big Bird and Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Me more. <laughs> I should kind of like Instead that. of beating jobbers, he beats up kids' characters. Yay. Or former Ring of Honor tag team champions. Oh... Yes, <laughs> some people are one. I think I, that's another paper clip going off. Ricky Reyes, the one in the gray and black tights, is the one who we are referring to. But yeah, since you brought up the whole Natty uh, Nightfar sharpshooter story, this brings me into an interesting article I read where a former, as you mentioned, a former writer for the WWE posted pretty much the inner workings of the WWE and some inside information that's happened uh, really currently over, especially from September to December, I believe was when he was working there for. And some of the big tidbits that you'll probably want to know is that like Cena and Orton have backstage pull on their angles, which some people go like, no shit. Sheamus was the planned Rumble winner. They tend to plan the Rumble. Another interesting thing I found out was how they plan like the pay-per-views. They like have the main events pretty much already set for a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and then work from there. Well, we also find interesting that it switched back to 30, because there was a shitload of injuries. Yeah. <laughs> That it explains well, well, how even with 30, they had to use Jey Uso and Michael Cole. <laughs> That's a problem because I think the Usos have talent, and he's comparing him with Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah, that's the steal a quote from The Miz. Awesome, yes, where have you there? At least Michael Cole got eliminated by Karma, so it wasn't too offensive. <laughs> Or was it? Or I, think, I think it was. Uh, no, Booker and Lawler eliminated him. Yeah, but it was Karma's intimidation. Yeah. That caused it. Oh, yeah, they brought about Karma, how they knew about the miscarriage, which, well, yeah, they would have had to know. Daniel Bryan not liking being with AJ because the Gail Kim story didn't work out so well. 
there was something he would say, yeah, but on the would other that hand, be the conspiracy theorist, the way the Bellas got dropped. Who knows? Well, he was dating the Wood Bella, or he, it still is, I believe, Bree. Yeah. Which makes him even more badass if you if you've heard about this other person he's been that's with. The why, that's the reason why he's shouting yes. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> Hell yeah, if you think about it too, I saw a a mem, I don't know what the word meme, mem. The where it had uh Daniel Bryan and it said uh, he's been with Gail Kim, the Bellas, and AJ. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And you know who Sarah Del Rey is, right, Ashley? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think he was with her. As well. Oh my word. Yes, oh like <laughs> I remember reading on like what was it? Yeah, online world of wrestling. And it said on one of their profiles, once dated Brian Danielson or Who's or CM Vice Punk been with. Um, now that we're that's, going to that, certainly. Um, the ones I've heard: Tracy, Daphne, Maria, Kelly. Yes, uh, I'm not even going to go there. Um, Lita. Who else? Beth, Mickey. And those are the main ones I've heard. So yeah, pr- so pretty much, your over the limit main event was pretty much who's the biggest stud in WWE. <laughs> the one apparently that- CM Punk won, only just. Yeah, no, yeah, CM Punk is. I think yeah, he pretty much has that win out the whole WWE. Only like what Cena and Orton, he might have to fight maybe Ziggler. <laughs> Well, you never know. With what's happened with Cena, he might be catching up on Punk. On that front. <laughs> true, true. Or or Batista comes back like, fuck that shit. I want that. I want my spot back. <laughs> <laughs> <Bro>, i sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. our producers put in everyone's dated leader. Apparently, it's my turn next week. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh that, my that, word! Funny now, considering, <laughs> regardless of the hardy. <laughs> um, oh wow! But anyway. yeah, pretty much with the article, it explains the inner workings on it. Any you want to find out about it, just send me a just send me or Ashley a link, and we'll send you that or whatever. Just find it yourselves. But it's an interesting art, interesting article. I'd advise to read and before and. Uh, uh, another interesting story that I've read recently is the WWE banning Randy Orton's punt kick, where WWE star Randy Orton wrote on Twitter today that his punt kick has been banned due to concussional awareness. He responded to a fan who suggests that Orton punt Chris Jericho's skull after Jericho hit him with three code breakers on Monday's Raw. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what you call hilarious in hindsight, <laughs> because yeah. we can talk about this punch story, but I think we've led it on to now. Let's go to what Ashley has uh, termed Brazil. Welcome to Brazil hates Jericho. Yes, yes. The big story coming out of f- f- Thursday, I think it was. On Thursday, May 24th, to be more specific, um, Chris Jericho was in a match with CM Punk, presumably for the WWE title. 
uh, somehow a Brazilian flag made its way into the ring. Jericho grabbed it, balled it up, or looked at it a bit, showed it to the crowd, balled it up, and then proceeded to kick the flag into the crowd to get massive heat. Even though, from what I did see in the video, they were just chanting CM Punk. (laughs) They were still probably pissed at him, too. And, yeah, uh, the Jericho apparently almost got arrested. And then he was definitely suspended, then only suspended for 30 days. And JBL's been talking. It's all HBK's fault. Uh, Lance Storm said... Hashtag. Hashtag, it's all HBK's fault. I w- and sadly, I'm not joking. Trending as we're recording on Twitter, hashtag all HPK's fault. Yes, trending worldwide, wide around the world. But um, if I can get the link to it, we will. Pl- I will read to you what JBL and um, what's I going to say? And uh, uh, Landstorm and Shawn Michaels made because, of course, all three of them actually have a reason to say something. Of course, Lance Storm being one of Jericho's best friends and having the Young Americans thing. And well, I J- think I can guess the first thing Lance Storm said. Yeah. I can be serious <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember who said that on... Somebody said that on SmackDown when I was watching it before the recording and I was just thinking about Lance Storm <laughs> when yeah. they said that. But... Uh, Addition, uh, of course, JBL making comments that I will try to get available as my computer lets it. <laughs> but of course, here we go. In addition to from WrestleZone, in addition to former WWE star Bre- John Bradshaw Layfield commenting on last night's Chris Jericho flag incident, former WWE star Lance Storm and WWE Hall of Famer have also chimed in via Twitter. Lance Storm wrote, Thoughts on I. Thoughts on Ed I am Jericho. He didn't do anything that hasn't been done a million times in wrestling. Wrong place and times change. Shawn Michaels wrote, Wow, waking up to find Twitter blaming me for an apparent suspension of I am <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> Seems to me I blame the horrific PC world we've allowed ourselves to be caught up in where you can't act and have it called acting. Quotes on the on act. BS. I'll stand behind Jericho has to do this on me now. B.S. I'll stand behind I Am Jericho any day of the week and twice on Sunday. What's the big E stand for in WWE anyway? Honestly, don't see how many of you make it with that much anger in your life. Seems exhausting and a colossal waste of time. See, that's all I've got, and I'm already tired. Time to work out and hit my day. Y'all have a wonderful day. I thought the big E stood for Federation. I thought I thought it stood for nothing. But I would say that. ecstasy, but there is a strict drug policy in WWE. <laughs> I don't think they get away with it. No, I do not think they would. TNA, possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ask Dustin Rhodes and Jimmy Rave. If you've well, read the case... After Ross, possibly for TNA. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> now, you probably have a few people there. There's, that's just the two I know. <laughs> And the and of course we know about the GBL incident in Germany and because that was the last time an international incident like that happened. Of course we're gonna have his thoughts and here's JBL's thoughts to it after uh, that he posted on his official Facebook page. 
after seeing reports of Chris Jericho Brazil, it was what I expect. It was what I suspected. Chris trying to entertain and be a heel. Apparently, a Brazilian flag comes into the ring, and Chris grabs it and kicks it, or something to that effect. Compare that to Sergeant Slaughter burning the flag, or all the crazy stuff that has gone on. This is nothing, except we are in a new era and now. That is it acceptable. Chris did what most old heels would have done. He reacted, and a decade ago would have been well. Lo- it would have been loved for the heat. However, times change, and we have to as well. Chris acknowledged this and apologized. Chris is a wonderful person and one of the all-time and one of all the yeah a lot of spelling errors there, not just me messing up. And one of the all-time great entertainers. There was no malice here from what I see and know about Chris. A mistake was made and is being dealt with. As far as being illegal, please, if done in an entertaining arena, it is considered as such. Like saying you can prosecute Anthony Hopkins for cannibalism because of his role in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I understand the argument. Yeah, try now. <clears throat> yeah, somebody probably will. Like the woman who tried to sue Drive for being misleading. Yes, that shit did happen. <laughs> I went through the same thing in Germany, and it was never considered a problem in Germany. Only over the internet and the internet reporters. Chris's intent was to entertain, not insult anyone in Brazil or the great Brazilian fans. Times change for the better. Chris did what a ton of older heels would have done, and he reacted. He's being punished, and he apologized. He is one of all-time greats and a great fan. Old habits are hard to change, but we must. Times change, and we have to change with it, and we all will. Holy redundancy, Batman. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on this, Ashley? I think I, well, my thoughts are I have no problem with it, but you have to put it into context. It seems like that this was the first show in Brazil that WWE's put on. Yes. And for them in their first thing to do it and to offend the fans... That would be the equivalent of when they went to Mexico last October, Jack Swagger coming out and basically, I don't know, defacing the flag or whatever. Which wouldn't have been a good move. Yeah, not a good move. (laughs) And our producer yet up brings another good point. Uh, Quotes, not a problem in Germany other than also being illegal. He's right. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't say, I said yeah, not yeah, just in case that I was trying to be offensive. Yeah, because everything has to be so PC. This does direct to an archive where Nim did make a, I forgot what it was for, but he pretty much explained our stance on the show, which I will repeat again, regardless of his ever-present absence, that um, we really don't care about PC. <laughs> We say whatever as evidenced by... We don't care about PC. We like Mac. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have a... Massive (laughs) massive absolute chaos. Yes. Yes, indeed. Anarchy in the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, everywhere. Anarchy anarchy in the U worldwide. No. In the English-speaking countries. (laughs) But nonetheless, that is the news of the week and other news that we haven't covered. When we come back, we're going to go into the recent WWE and TNA pay-per-views. And after that, cover some indie news and then finish up the show. You are here on... What the hell is this show called again? Which? Which? Why? Where? DOA? What? WTF? Anyway, just follow us back after the commercials.
never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. See you in chat. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week. On the SNS Radio Network, it's go time! You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage the gasket this match is over you know i'm really just a nice guy at heart but don't piss me off okay i mean come on the truth is going to hurt someone catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the pro wrestling rewind every wednesday night nine o'clock eastern exclusively on the sns radio network Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com.
And welcome back to Where Is Nim? <laughs> welcome back to whatever the hell this is. Yeah, the show name need it. Anyway, as you heard, if we're, the... we're going to follow on the W thing, work in progress. Yeah, I don't know, but this second segment we're going to touch on the pay per views over the past couple of weeks, which. We'll get to in a minute the over the limit pay per view from WWE, but first, TNA's sacrifice from a few weeks back. We opened with the tag team titles being on the line with Daniels and Kazarian defeating Joe and Magnus to become new champions. Which, personally, I did and didn't get. Because I thought Samoa Joe and Magnus were working well as enough as a team, but then I understood what were the whole stupid storyline with AJ and Dixie Carter. Why TNA? They were going to have to do some kind of push for Daniels and Kazarian. And they did it via giving them the tag belts. Yeah, which, as I had remembered, and I believe, uh, yeah, this is actually... Other than the one time that now actually counts, the first time that Kazarian has actually held the TNA World Tag Team titles. Because there was the Super Eric, him and Super Eric winning the belts, and then the belts quickly got, uh, uh, they were vacated quickly after that. And at one point was not recognized as an official reign until about a couple years back. But yeah. this was a pretty good match. Yeah, it was, I was surprised, yeah, because I thought Joe and Magnus were going to win this, but it didn't make sense considering Daniels and Kazarian have, have the ongoing storyline with AJ, and as we would soon find out later in the pay-per-view, leading into AJ and Angle, but that leads us into the next match. But just finally on that, the title move made sense, the storyline doesn't. Yeah. And next was the another title match, which was the Knockouts title on the line, with Gail Kim successfully defending against Brooke Tessmacher, which was a good match, especially for the boob shot. I think I remember that shot in there. If my or the nipple slip, which never actually happened. Well, it happened, but nobody saw it. <clears throat> people are going to start trying to pause at the exact yeah, moment. People are going to go. People are going to go on the DVD. Where is the multi-angle feature? If we knew exactly, we would tell you right there. But, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but this, it was a good little match as well. Gail Kim with the top rope lean on, top rope assistant, should I say. Yeah. And it makes sense. Gail Kim is still being heel. If they gave Brooke Tessmacher the role, it would have still been, look, WWE talent. <laughs> True. Well, most of them at one point worked in the WWE with the exception of, I think, two of them? Was Velvet Sky in WWE? Um, she did the, that diva search thing, had her, she uh, applied for that, and actually had her picture on the WWE site, but other than that, I believe she wasn't, because Gail was in the E, Angelina Love was in, um, um, was in developmental. I think Sarita has it. Sarita is one of the other ones. Rosita is probably too young to have been signed by them, so that's two. 
trying to think. I believe uh, Madison Rain never. I think that's three because ODB was. Of course, Mickey James. Have the active roster according to Wikipedia, which is always wrong. We got Angelina Love. Mm. Yeah, Tess- she was in developmental. Brooke Tessmacher, which was Brooke Adams. Anonymous Brooke from Extreme Expose. <laughs> Gail Kim, which is obvious. Madison Rain. No, she hasn't. Just looked at it. Mickey James. Obvious. ODB. Uh, she's an OVW. Okay. Uh, Rosita. I'm guessing not because she's only no. 20. <laughs> yeah. Sarita. I believe not because she was in Mexico. Or she, Yeah, she still wrestles in CMLL. But yeah. no, she has it as far as I know. Maybe like a dark match, but never signed. Tara's an obvious one and Winter, obviously. Yeah. But and Velvet Sky, she kind of mini-appeared, but other than that, so... Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm just thinking, the way it'll go is there's going to be a title change at Slammiversary for one of the originals. I'd see... Yeah, I'm wondering who it would go to, because to me, they kind of lost steam with the Gale Rain like. You, I think it, they probably should have just gave it to Velvet, to be honest. Well, the fact that Velvet had it for two weeks and then dropped it because they signed Gail Kim. Yeah. Didn't make it, it, any sense. It's just like, it's been... Because Mickey James, she already went... She's gone through pretty much all of them now with the exception of really winter and the uh, uh, Rosita and Sarita. She's pretty... Yeah, gone, even her own partner. <laughs> and that could have been... And you that was just just for the match. What we know about Madison at the minute is she's more infatuated by her boyfriend. Oh, yes. Whoever that is. If it's who I think it is or who my friend had told me, oh, that's going to oh, be Come on, bad. spill the beans. I might Spoil- as well, yeah. It, supposedly, or it might already be it, uh, this may be a mini-spoiler, so cover your ears for the next five seconds, or actually not, because we'll still be talking about it, Garrett Bischoff. Oh my god, she's gonna turn face. Oh dear <laughs> fucking god. Well, I guess it's kind of overdue, because Madison's been healed for a heck of a while. The whole time. She had, yeah, yeah, she got healed the whole time. Like C- it's like Cena. When was the last time? Uh, you know, ages ago. Oh, that's an interesting thing that that reminded me of <laughs> in that story. I should that okay. I should have brought that up, and this will probably shock the IWC. It, according to the writer, Cena wants to be heel. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we only get this right. Bombshell. Bombshell. Bombshell in section two. Wow. uh, Take that for what you will, but... (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, were they going to have Madison Rain's boyfriend be Chris Saban? And just go, screw it, we'll do a real-life scenario again. I'm sure, you know, Eric Young and ODB are great friends. Yeah. Not best friends. <laughs> I don't think there's an actual intimate relationship like they're implying. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you never know backstage with this stuff. 
Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, who knows, Cena and other pe- other women that weren't his wife, Mickey James being the most notable one. But mm-hmm. I think that's enough. De- I think that's enough knockout talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've exhausted that. Next up, the confusing one: Devon defending and successfully defending his TV title against Robbie E and Robbie T in. I can't tell whether it was a freeway dance, as in triple threat, but they can't use triple threat because then people will make comparisons to WWE, or if it was a two-on-one handicap, because I don't think Terry pinned at any time. Yeah, I I did notice that they kind of worded that wrong. Or it was just, eh, I'll just say TNA being TNA. <laughs> yeah, it was. It whoever booked that little bit was kind of channeling Russo. Yeah, I'll say that the Russo jokes anymore. And then the whole thing at the end with the they're gonna break up, they're gonna break up, they're gonna oh they're working us. It's like, yeah, it kind. It's uh, like I was bringing up with Gail and Madison. They looked like they were on a breakup, but that got smoothed over <laughs> immediately after the fight. I thought, you know, I thought it'd work for him because he's clearly he's got potential, but he's going to do nothing just being a bodyguard to Robbie E. And Robbie E can just... probably go by himself anyway. His skill or lack thereof might be what's hurting him, but. Well, apparently he's not as bad as Anarchia was. <laughs> oh my God, Anarchia! Genius, not makes and us side even more. It's and then, if you weren't any more confused, next up we had Anderson versus Hardy. Now, apparently, Anderson beat Hardy. According to the actual match results. I don't know what the hell happened with that match. Whether it was a botch, or whether it was an on-purpose botch, or whether it was, you know, Earl Hebner channeling Nick Patrick from NWO days, I don't know. Nah, TNA, you know what it really is? As I smile with a shitty grin, um, it was, they, they stole from Over the Limit. Even though it was a week before, <laughs> and a better, <laughs> and a much better ending, or one that actually made sense with the confused, confusedness. But yeah, this was weirdly enough the kind of low point of the pay per view, which wasn't really a bad pay per view at that, but just really a bad finish to hurt what was an okay match. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good little match, and then because it was clearly a kick out, wasn't it? Yeah, I seem to remember it being a kickout. It was very somebody Hardy fucked kicked, up. Hardy <laughs> kicked out probably about one. It was something that ridiculous. Mm. Uh, there, there was some room, rumors that Hebner signed a new contract, and he says he wants to see out his career with them. Perhaps he can't see. That's why he's you know. I seriously, uh, I don't want to rant any more about that match, but. Dear Lord, yeah. just 
I'm guessing it was because they wanted to do a storyline with it for the following impact the week after, where Hardy did actually get the win. Yeah. To make it mean something for the following impact. But then we had, seems to be a trend in wrestling these days, impromptu matches. And it was Crimson coming out saying he wanted to fight somebody. And Eric Young came out. And pretty much what you would expect. Amazingly, this was given six minutes. Whereas technically, if this was WWE, this would be a Ryback match. Yeah, pretty much. This would be... Kind of because they look exactly the fucking same. This would be the equivalent of Ryback facing Santino. Yeah. Well, maybe not so much now. Santino pre-US title. (laughs) I'm trying to think. When a WWE hasn't had any uh, mixed tag team champions. Oh... Uh, well, Harvey Whippleman's really the only one. Hervina. Well, I don't know whether that's... Yeah, that's... That's a great comparison to make. Harvey that, 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 well, that's yeah. really the only one was, yeah, Harvey Whippleman dressed as a woman to win the women's title back in 2000, yeah. Oh, no, Los, Los Conquistadors. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, the identity. Edge and Christian feud. That was si, senor. <laughs> yes. I think that was um, Christian that said that. <laughs> so, yeah, for the past three matches, we've been confused as hell. For the and, next and three, it got good. <laughs> the next three, our jaws are on the floor, and we had to use a winch to put it back up. Starting with Bully Ray versus Ares, which Ares won... And just, wow. This is, yeah, this is the match that, unless things do or don't change or whatever, this is the match I think will help. Or that will be kind of a starter to lead Aries into the main event. Which I hope does happen because as, as has been proven in ROH. Ray is a guy that can put talent over. Yes. Very well, especially with how the feud worked, how... Bully Ray was just get. It was reminiscent of the Motor City Machine Guns feud, how they were giving him shit for being small or whatever. But Aries was just. It was interesting mm-hmm. to see because ever since the, well, part in somewhat because of the Sorensen ordeal, but he's been kind of playing a face as a blade. Yeah, ever since the fact that they had to have Zima Ayana's. Or Zemurion, however yeah. it's pronounced. Shima Zion. Well, that's his Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably more confusing. That's the unofficial name. We do not mention that. Or at least that's what, at least that's what, how they talk in TNA, apparently. Yeah. Like Brian Blessed on Helium. We do not talk about that. Yes, but... <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, and the nasty bump Aries took probably easily... Well, that, or in the RVD match, the bump of the night, just going from the corner straight to the barricade. Yeah, there were some nasty bumps, actually, throughout the last few matches. But, as you say, it legitimizes Ares as a guy that can probably go as a world champion, not just an X-Division champion. Yeah. And I honestly think it's possibly... They, ob- they don't want to do anything with the X-Division title because 
the great thing is they wanted to push the X Division title about six months ago. And now it's like what? being yeah, left alone and doing nothing. Let me see. Yeah, Tony Nese got fired. Sorensen almost died or was paralyzed. Well, I don't know if he almost died, but he was almost paralyzed. Ion's... Ion's not been on yet. impact in ages. I don't know. He was trying to get a little push too. Well, even before that, I don't know if they're really punishing him for that because you kind of can't. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I'm just thinking it could be going to Slammiversary with it possibly being Morrison if they do bring him in. Yeah. Some, oh, yeah. The Morrison talk, but like. Yeah, they kind of. That sucks sometimes when you have a long, when you have a champion hold it for a while. Is that eventually, like sometimes they'll become stale, or like if it's not spaced out enough and you've gone through just about everything, you either had to create more, which is probably kind of the reason why you don't really have long title reigns as frequent as it once was. Yeah, because yeah, he's pretty. He's had it for about six months now and has gone through just about everybody. Mm, very true. Because I, I honestly don't know who's probably going to be. They're probably going to bring in somebody to beat him because the guy who I pro- who it most likely would have been was Sorensen. Sorensen are going to be coming back soon. Yeah, well. Possibly yeah, say Possibly Saban. Yeah, I can see Saban getting it now, now that he's just. Given he's how good Aries and. Shelley had with a match. Aries and Saban could be the same, you never know. Um, yeah, it should be something similar. Both pretty much kind of the same. But yeah, full, full praise for both guys, especially Austin Aries, because he's clearly riding the coattails of the, the Ring of Honor push that everything seems to be getting, including Ring of Honor. <laughs> apart, apart, yeah. from paper, apart from its pay-per-views, but we'll get to the third part to discuss that. It, all the like all these Ring of Honor champs for if, up and for like what if there's probably at one point in time, well actually not because of Brian, but yeah you've had CM Punk as a world champion, Daniel uh, yeah CM Punk as the current WWE champ, Daniel Bryan world champion, Evan Bourne had the tag belts, we all know what happened there. Uh, Samoa Joe had the tag team titles, Aries with the X division title. <laughs> Well, hell, look at um, and Seth Rollins in yeah, Florida too. Has look head- at the look at what happened with the Extreme Reunion pay per view. At one point during that pay per view, there were yes chants. Yeah, yes is got there were yes chants on Impact on Thursday. Yes, there is yes chants everywhere. Yeah, yes is gone. Who, whoever yeah. whoever actually created the concept of yes. I don't mean the pop band from the seventies. <laughs> that is just genius, and arguably could be bigger than what because you didn't have what chance in TNA. I know you have yes chance. I'd rather prefer yeah. the yes than what, even though those would probably become as annoying as the what chance. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic to me, and I bring this up every once in a while, just because like how much things can change. I went to a house show in the yeah the week before the Royal Rumble. Everybody there, with the exception of me and my friend, booed Daniel Bryan. <laughs> and look what happened two months later at Mania. 
Yeah. It's all, it's all Andy's fault. Um, time to... <laughs> yeah, no. it's all Andy's <laughs> fault. And on that bombshell, let's switch to probably match of the night. And going from the yeses of Brian, we go to the storyline equals no of AJ and Dixie and the fact that that probably cost him the win in this match where Kurt Angle beat AJ. Yeah, this was... As you'd expect from Angle and AJ, it was a fucking awesome match. Yeah, it was pretty good. The only thing that I kind of don't like about their matches is that every time they tend to go into, like, countering every finisher, which they started to do when they had the match as well as some other people do. I don't know. I just don't like it as much with them. No, it was still a good match. It's like a Triple H match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain people that you notice they'll have, like, they always tend to have, like, those barn burner matches where it's like, it ain't going to be one, f- like, Stone Cold Rock kind of like, it ain't going to take a finisher. <laughs> You're going to have to at least everything twice and miss at least three of them. Mm. And how AJ pretty much busted it. Well, he almost, well, he pretty much did fuck up the Superman splash. Yeah. But the distraction came with Daniels getting up on the apron, which basically led to Angle getting the one up and getting the pin. From the looks of it now, with the storyline, the way it's going, and the fact it's been officially confirmed, Angle and AJ are now a tag team. The Uneasy Alliance. Is that what they're actually calling themselves? No, that's what I'm calling them, but that makes perfect sense with them. (laughs) And TNA using continuity, which <laughs> at times they will show that little more than WWE at times, but nice little build to where Angle, where you had from before uh, Daniel Skazarian helped Angle out and then he didn't like it and then it went and meant something to further the Angle, which worked yeah. in this case. But we'll see what goes on with that at Slammiversary and everything. But, yeah. yeah, very good match, I will say that. And then, the ladder match between Rude and RVD. Which was a good main event. Take note, WWE. <laughs> I actually... We'll, go, we'll get it to over the limit. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But, it made sense, because they weren't really going to drop the title off Rude. Because... As I mentioned on Open Book a few times, this was the third straight sacrifice that RVD was in the main event. Which is kind of worrying to me. It's like, there's somebody else I can't think of that, like how Sting tended to main event bound for glory. Yeah. Past two years. Is it like like May is the month that RVD passes a stash of drugs to the writing crew and says, Does this help me out, man? I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, I would write something. (laughs) So expect to see Sacrifice 2013 RVD versus whoever the champion is. Or if he's champion. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. But. Maybe his days are over, but nonetheless, even though Van Dam's really just kind of, and me just treaded water, really, since he lost the title. The thing is, it still pushes Rude as a legitimate champion. Yeah. That's the best thing. 
No, yeah, it did get that job done. Even with the weird finish, which it looked kind of botched, but then I was noticing, wait, he still took the... <laughs> if he really fucked up his leg, that he wouldn't have gone up, I think, for it. I'm like, not sure been... about what it's evolved into, which is the live impact coming this Thursday with the opening match being lumberjack match between Rude and Sting for the title. Hmm. This um, just kind to me smacks of March the 3rd. Oh. 2011. And just, I hope no. they don't. Because this will be... Oh, man. If they... Oof. Yeah, that might, that might actually top that <laughs> if they actually do that. Like, this will I'm be... I'm just fearing that could happen. I hope it doesn't, because now that you bring it up, I'm like, wait. That does smell like like almost how the AJ Van Dam thing, like... I didn't have a problem so much with Van Dam holding it, because it was, it was either going to be him or Hardy to beat Styles, but it's like, they kind of just, like, railroaded Styles, like, right there. Yeah. With the... And, like, I hope they don't do that with Rude. Uh, like, I wouldn't mind if Sting won it back, but, like, yeah, if they were to do the same exact thing, pretty much like that would kind of kill it. Like, yeah, you gotta save... I almost have a feeling they're gonna pull the title change on Impact, but I think you gotta do it on pay-per-view. For Rude. <laughs> Cause he, oh, it doesn't cause surprise me. It's a live Impact. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're doing it live now. So then it probably will happen on Impact. <laughs> I'm just trying to think which title could change hands of any significance. Um, I, I doubt they'll change the X Division. They could change possibly the TV title. Or the knockouts. All the knockouts. Oh, the knockouts tag team did get changed this week, didn't it? ODB and yeah. Eric dropped the belts, finally. I hate to say it, but they got legitimized again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One title change and it legitimizes the title. <laughs> Just because it actually goes to people of the same sex. But yeah. Oh, overall, yeah. it was actually a decent card from TNA. I am worried about the fact that we're two weeks away from anniversary and we have one match. Yes. We're going back to the old TNA style of we don't know what we're booking. <laughs> so we'll do it at the last minute and tell everybody the card. Yeah. Speaking of that, given how many impromptu matches featured in Blooming WWE, let's go and go over the limit. Hell, this whole pit, this pay per view pretty much started on an impromptu affair. We started, with, we started with the pre show, which was Kane beating Ryder, which was standard. Yeah. Pre-show match. Think back to any pre-show that you've seen. Nothing or any Sunday Night Heat. Brawl for All, Sunday Night Heat, anything. Yeah, you, TNA. T yeah, TNA stuff, too. Every once in a while, maybe you'll see a gem like, oh, hey, there's Nigel McGuinness on TV. And this was before <laughs> Desmond Wolf. Yeah, him and... Uh, I didn't know who he was at the time, though. But yeah, him and uh, yeah. Shark Boy. And that's how I first heard about him. And then I ended up then, getting an interview him. <laughs> yeah. But wasn't a bad match. Yeah. Then the pre-show went into introducing Cole, Lawler, and Booker. 
and then introducing everybody in the Battle Royal. Which was David Otunga, Tyson Kidd, Alex Riley, The Usos, Regal, who is awesome, Carly, Slater, O'Neill, Young, Jackson, Mahal, Rex, Drew McIntyre. Good to see him back. Well overdue. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkins, McGillicuddy, same there. JTG in a weird, weird look. And Yoshi Tatsu, oh, yeah. along uh, with The Miz and Christian. Yeah, Christian came back. But they, in- they introduced them all. And then they said, join us on pay-per-view. And I was thinking, seriously, they're not going to do a... Oh, I'm trying to think. What was the pay-per-view that just randomly started? Um... Has there been one? I can't think of it. I honestly don't know. Let me see. This, yeah, this is going to have to take some deep thought. Because the paper, you know, pay-per-view started, and they were doing the Battle Royal already in the ring. I was like, what? For anybody that didn't watch the pre-show, they're they're going on their TV with the pay-per-view and whatever, and going, okay, how did this come about? I bet those people are going to watch the pre-show now. (laughs) Yeah, the fact is as well that this Battle Royal and the subsequent title match would come from it was only announced that day. Note to WWE, you could have put it on SmackDown, giving people a bit of notice, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's got, like, I don't mind impromptu matches, but yeah, it's like... Some of them, yeah, like one or two, but it's kind of weird when yeah, you don't have a fully booked card for it, even like, like you don't want to have the December, December, was December. Only... They should have learned their lesson from that. Yeah, the fact that there was only trying to think six, five matches, or six if you include the pre-show, actually confirmed, and then by the by the end of the pay-per-view, there was ten. In total. Seriously, just... The yeah, one thing I will praise is the finish with the shoulder spear from Christian to eliminate the Miz out of it. And then Christian goes for... goes pointing for Santino and the US title. Which is a bit of a swerve. Yeah. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Even though they kind of... If you noticed in the match, he was playing the face. That was not that. Yeah. that was, it was just a subtle hint, but it might have been just for that. But turned out to be a bigger hit as he's yeah. gone. Next, next we open the pay per view because we actually saw the video package then, and the fireworks went off. So I'm counting <laughs> that as the opening, just to piss off the IWC or something. I don't know. Yeah, like in our truth. You kind of have to do that with pay-per-view, because, like, I know there's been some Raws and SmackDown that won't have the opening. I don't yeah. think you can do that. <laughs> Kofi and R-Truth defending the titles against Ziggler and Biff Swagger. I don't know what we're calling the tag teams. Yeah. Um, there's many names for them. For Billy Gunn and this- Biff Tannen. Billy and Biff. <laughs> <laughs> Little, Just as little, long as it isn't Billy and Chuck. Little Jimmy 
Paradise versus Swaggler. Little Jimmy Boom Boom. I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually like that one. That one's not too bad. But that was a good match, which you'd expect, because you've got four guys there that are good talents in singles competition, and they both seem to work well as tag team. I'm just waiting for the point when Ziggler actually gets a singles push, for fuck's sake. Oh, oh, I should have waited. Uh, but, um, was, oh, yeah, Kofi... Uh, it seems like Kofi's become like a little modern day Buff Bagwell with these title reigns. This would be oh god, third or fourth other person he's won a tag title with because he oh, won god. it with Punk, he won it with Born, he won it with Truth. I think that's probably the only three. I'm just getting a gimmick now of Kofi Daddy. <laughs> that could be his heel gimmick. <laughs> He'll come Kofi out with Daddy. a stupid Rastafarian hat. <laughs> Or something. Watch to bring him down a peg. They bring in Gregory Helms to beat him up with a cold bottle of water to knock his head. Wow. Down. Yes, I'm going back that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, Evan Bourne, Truth, and Punk are the three guys that he's held it. Yeah. And I think Buff had, because I remember they said on TNA when he, I think five other people he won the tag belts with. Yeah, they've both been busy in tag division stuff. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, Kofi's pretty much won everything you can except the world titles. Yeah. What, he, he's won the Divas title? I'm going to have to research that. Uh, well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Divas title, what a segue. Yeah. Layla and Beth Phoenix, which... I thought it was good. It was different. It was a good match, but you can kind of feel that Beth's like, can I have somebody who I can wrestle with, not make look good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because... Oh no! Every the Kelly match on Raw wasn't that was all right. I don't know what it is with Kelly sometimes. Sometimes she'll show like decentness, and then all of a sudden it's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I think I think it's because she was stealing a retire from Book Testmaker, <laughs> or maybe that or Major Guns. <laughs> Major Guns. <laughs> Lay a meow. We'll just name WCW. <laughs> Um, yeah, this was good. Um, Layla's now back in the ti- div- uh, Divas title picture. I would, people are probably just going to be like a couple months like, where's Karma? <laughs> thing that, yeah, no, well, the only thing is, how did Layla get injured? Um, Karma? Michelle, I think it might have been... Yeah, it was actually in the McCool match, but after, yeah, Karma was like... Actually, might have been both. We'll just see. <laughs> But I believe she was. It was, I think, through something with Karma. Yeah, that was the last thing she was doing. They had like a kind of weird, the where that whole Karma angle was. But then she got pregnant, and then the miscarriage. It looks. Yeah, everybody was really into that. Everybody was into the Divas Division. Karma's pregnant. Fuck (laughs) them. And you gotta love Layla because she was born in Newcastle. Oh yeah. Oh. 
And oh, hang on. I'm seeing London now. <laughs> and she First was also- it was Newcastle, then it was London. Does she know where she was born? Maybe not. Dear Lord. But apparently her parents she really... suffered a knee... I'm just having a look. She suffered a knee injury at Extreme Rules and was interrupted and attacked by Karma to write her off television. So, in Gifabe terms, the person that took her out was Karma. Yeah. So I just think you'll probably have... You could have Beth get the title back from Layla possibly next month or the month after. And then SummerSlam, just have the match everybody wants. Yeah, or the match that might. No, be but I'd probably go Layla Karma first. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe do like a Gail Kim, um, uh, awesome Kong or Karma instance. Have like Layla get like one victory, or do something like that. Hell, maybe have a main event a Raw. Probably won't happen, but it'd be nice. No, they're not going to do a. Uh... TNA. <laughs> Once a year, have the knockouts main event. <laughs> yeah, the last time, as far as I know, the last time the Divas match main event in Raw was Lita Trish, and that was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I'd say pretty good Divas match, but Beth needs better. Come on! Come on, Karma, <laughs> we want you back. You know what? Maybe the... Well, yeah, Ashley Flair. I want to see, like, WWE and TNA start rating, like, Shimmer and uh, WSU or, hell, even some of the women in Britain because they have Brittany Knight over there as Paige in FCW as oh, bring, one. Bring Sarah Del Rey in. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. <laughs> Team up with Daniel Bryan. Triple, triple, triple threat, Kelly versus Beth versus Sarah Del Rey. Oh, Who was man. really the best with CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll rule with Punk, but oh well, we'll, go, we'll just say they did. Well, just, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Don't, don't let truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, the Fatal 4-Way was next. Yeah, next up, World Heavyweight title with Sheamus. This was clearly supposed to be Del Rio versus Sheamus. Hence, as it was originally booked. But, but you they know, don't think El Rio was healthy enough to go on his own. <laughs> so yeah. they dragged in a guy that can't do a punk kick anymore and a guy who hates Brazil. But apologize <laughs> for it. <laughs> I apologize, too, for... It's all HBK's fault. It's HBK's fault why the over-limit main event people did it like... <laughs> It's HBK's fault for everything. It's HBK's fault yeah. Jericho didn't win the match. It's HBK's fault Brett got screwed. Oh, wait, that actually is his fault. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sheamus wins. <laughs> yeah, Sheamus won with white noise. No, it's Finley's move. Seriously. That's what they call it's... it, white noise, but air raid crash, yeah. Celtic crosses. Yeah, the airy crash. Cheerleader Melissa uses it. It's invented by um, Mariko Yoshida. Uh, Alex Shelley has used it too. A lot of. Wait, where's the paperclip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, the paperclip. Of course, the interesting note: Chris Jericho gets pinned. 
And that was reportedly going to be his last match. And then he turned up and randomly attacked Orton and made everybody think, okay, he's in a feud with Orton. And then Brazil happened. <laughs> I know, well, this is going to have a name. Like the Montreal Screwjob. It's going to be the... What city was this in? Uh, Sao Paulo. I don't know. The Sao Paulo sensitive incident or something. The Sao like Paulo slip-up. Yeah. There you go. Alliteration for the win. This will be, it, among other infamous WWE lore, like the plane ride from hell <laughs> or the curtain. Yeah. And speaking of hell, next is a Brodus Clay match. <laughs> <laughs> Taking on The Miz. Yes, The Miz was twice on the same pay-per-view, so he's getting on Dolph Ziggler level now. Or Kevin Steen. F- <laughs> yeah. The thing that peeved me off was the fact that two weeks ago on Raw, Miz had a good match with Brodus and looked like Brodus was in trouble until Brodus won in the end. This one was like a typical Brodus match. <laughs> Brodus just does everything. Yeah. I like Brodus, but it's... Yeah, eventually there's going to be a point where you can only squash so many people for so <laughs> long. <laughs> And it's going to get like that problem, with Ryback. My only too. problem with it was Naomi should have won NXT. Not Caitlyn. I don't mind Naomi Caitlin, was like yeah. female Shelton Benjamin. And then she went nowhere after that. <laughs> Just like Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> you see the comparisons are startling. Naomi's like, why couldn't I be AJ? Now I'm stuck with the girl who said her favorite match was Melina versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> because that is her. <laughs> You don't have to make comparisons with the junkyard dog as well because of the whole getting kids in the ring. Oh, yeah. Eugene also did that. Dog dance. Point, yeah. Although, to be honest, on dancing, Miz wins. Yeah. <laughs> and that was another thing posted in the the writer's article. They were saying that, Michael like, bro. Jackson is on the phone right now. Asking, <laughs> asking Miz whether he wants to be in the This Is It tour. Which will still have in heaven. And I might get some people there. And I <laughs> is it going to be via satellite? Via satellite. <laughs> via God beam. I don't know. <laughs> Considering how they brought back Tupac and Freddie Mercury or whatever, I think they could. Oh no, a hologram. <laughs> hologram it. Wait till we have hologram wrestling matches. <laughs> your main event, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. <laughs> no, your main event, CM Punk versus himself. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Probably Mr. Socko versus Moppy. <laughs> but Raven's not dead yet. But have you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that would be some crazy shit if that does happen. And we could say we said it here first. <laughs> yeah. If hologram matches do happen, we predicted the future. We want at least 10%. Or if all else fails, a Klondike bar. Like how Stephen Fry invented the, came, said the iPhone back in 98. <laughs> exactly. You see? People that's, predict that's the future, and what reward do they get? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Um, go next we booking. <laughs> <laughs> next we had the 
Intercontinental title match with Cody Rhodes dropping the title to Christian. Which is an interesting move. Yeah. Kind of a TNA move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a Layla move. Oh, look, yeah. they're back. Oh, look, they won the title. Actually, yeah, they're both pretty bad at, like, giving titles back on people. Yeah. ROH, nope. <laughs> well, I would say when Sin Cara comes yeah. back, he'll get a title, but he hasn't had one in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> he just had a stupid-ass feud with himself. And his better self. wasn't himself. And his, and his negative self was better. <laughs> Which yeah, I gotta say that word. No matter how good you are, unless you're Brian Danielson, your ass is going down to FCW like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this was good. Christian using the frog splash again. Was it actually in that match? I can't remember. Yeah. That's, it finished with the kill switch, but it's now in his matches so far. He's had a Raw and SmackDown. He's actually done kill switch followed by frog splash. Yeah. Which is good, I think. Mix up the, mix it up a bit. So now, you know, in WWE 13 when it comes out, Kill Switch will be the signature, and the Frog Splash will be the finisher. Yeah. And if it isn't, they're gonna quickly put that in the move list for Christian. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, how am I gonna have to change his move list now in uh, WWE 12 since he does probably just take the spear, make that the signature, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then so, on this epic match. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Ring of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to, there you go. Welcome I, call, to Ring of I, Honor ju- I just call it the Ring of Honor world title match because that's all that matters. Pretty okay, much. Okay, they only faced each other once or twice in Ring of Honor, but these yes. are two guys which, if it hadn't been for Ring of Honor, probably wouldn't be where they are today. Yeah, these guys were... Yeah, and pretty of course we're talking Honor. about Taz versus the Brooklyn Brawler. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's Punk and Brian, which, as we talked about on Open Book, probably match of the year. You'd, mm, WWE-wise, maybe. I'll, yeah, I could see that. It, I'll, I'll say it's a contender. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, well, I'd, right say, I'd say it's a contender because I know Punk and Brian will probably have a better match in a few weeks. Or a yeah. few months. <laughs> They'll have an even better one, which will be like, what? They're always just like, hey, we gotta step it up. Yeah. Even though we have the only five-star match this year now. And then the finish of this match was very interesting, too. Which goes back to the Anderson-Hardy finish we mentioned before, except this well, one worked. The comparison, I, the comparison I draw is Angle and Undertaker. Yeah, they told me that was one I've heard. The uh, the one that looks close like this the most was the Bidwai Edge Triple H triple threat for the WWE, uh, the no, it would have been world title, which vacated it, which was pretty much Led that. the Elimination finish. Chamber, I think, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. That was pretty much the finish. Bidwai had Edge in the crossface. Edge rolled him back. But in this instance, Edge tapped out at three. But in this case, Punk tapped out well after. Full. <laughs> yeah, four. Oh, I noticed they didn't bring it up, or some people might have. Did you notice Punk doing the five? <laughs> yeah, I got five. Come on. Just trolling Brian. Because <laughs> wasn't that Brian's signature? Yep. <laughs> Nick, next thing, we'll have uh, Daniel Bryan in his next promo going, Hi, Colt. 
<laughs> They're just stealing each other's gimmicks. Damn it. Punk starts using the cattle. I mean, hell, Punk's using AJ. Storyline-wise, <laughs> not really. Damn it. Yeah. Storyline purposes, not in real life. Dear Lord. You see Daniel bring out Lita or Beth or somebody from Punk's <laughs> Daphne, like, I got Lucy. I have... <laughs> Paper <Wow>. clip. <laughs> this is taking a weird turn, but and this will probably be the le- le- least happy <laughs> we get for the pay per view. Well, at least, yeah. Because uh, next, RVD <laughs> Crimson Goldberg. Yeah, taking on Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Camacho, seriously. When it was, uh, even though Lilia Garcia said it was Unico. It was oh, yeah, another botch. Fight. Good, another botch. That's brilliant. We we love Lily, even though she's by it's Unico. It's Unico. Oh, no, the holograms have come back. We said yeah. it happened. Yeah, 108 seconds of Ryback. Which is more than you got on SmackDown. Which yeah. Just, isn't really a surprise. I just love the fact, though, that Ryback did have a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> just for Thanks to Camacho. If there's one thing we can thank Camacho for, it's a black eye on Ryback. <laughs> That's about it. You kicked my Speaking of thankful for. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of thankful for. She let's not be thankful for. <laughs> Let's not be thankful for John. Oh, man. And if you're wondering which John I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. Either one. (laughs) You know what? I'll start off first just to prevent my somewhat differing opinion. Well, I will agree to some extent this this really probably shouldn't have main evented, even though Cena is the main event guy. (laughs) I enjoyed the match for the most part. It was... It was probably a bit too lengthy for what they were doing, I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> enjoyed in- enjoyed the commentary bit. Yeah. <laughs> kind of enjoyed the ring bell bit. Um, you know, thinking about it now, I probably did enjoy that. But the whole water bottle thing, no. The whole <laughs> fire extinguisher thing just looked like a prog rock concert from the 80s. <laughs> and somebody left on the dry ice. <laughs> Just yeah, oh. it did seem like a bit of overkill. Which it's one of those. It's kind of hard to justify, and it's like it's it's hard to justify. Easier to shit on in this case. And then the finish. Yeah, that's another thing that helped kill it. Yeah. The finish. Everybody what killed called. it. Was Big Show wearing a yellow shirt? Who wears yellow shirt? Seriously. Come on. It's better than the pink pants I just saw Dwayne Wade wearing a picture. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, man. And then what made it even worse was their explanation. On oh, yeah. Took contract on Saturday. Well, I, I, I hired him the day before. I mean, I hired him two minutes after the paper you ended. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I hired him five years ago. <laughs> then I stuck him down in FCW cause he, or OVW because he was too fat. 
trying to think. No, Laurenitis wouldn't have been there as talent relations in 01, would he? He was in, and he was just coming from WCW. He was running shit at the end. He came, yeah, he came over from, because he, he would have just retired from All Japan and come in. So, yeah, that would have been Ross. But it's okay because that's the protocol. Jim Ross told her to do it. That's how it used to be done. <laughs> yeah. But I know quite a lot of people are pissed off with it. I fear for Japan. <laughs> because Japan is getting this pay-per-view on tape delay Thursday, May 31st. And they're really looking forward to it because Laurenitis has history because he was pretty awesome in New Japan in the 90s because... He actually had a wrestling career <laughs> of significance, yeah. which WWE seemingly doesn't want to acknowledge apart from about two sentences. And photos of guys, if you follow Japan or... Well, How yeah, no. CM Punk with his whole tribute to Johnny Ace was a chin than anything that's happened in the past four weeks. I noticed they, it's funny, like, they bring out the stuff that or uh, they bring up the stuff that everybody like like it's no secret like yeah he was a dynamic dude <laughs> would it have been funny if instead of a chair a skateboard <laughs> yeah he's oh. hitting it with a skateboard yeah that would have been awesome <laughs> you see Shane Douglas come back out of nowhere I thought they kicked you out of Raw a few weeks back yeah it's not extreme really <laughs> It's not Extreme Reunion, it's Extreme Rising. We renamed it. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely passed out. Oh, oh, so many other jokes we can make, but we can do that when they actually have the ECW-like pay-per-views. <laughs> <laughs> Probably no different from that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there you go. There's our thoughts. On pretty much everything apart from TNA Sacrifice. And over the limit with it actually intersped in between. So I think we'll take another break for a few minutes. And when we come back, it's time to talk some indies, which I am not fully onto. So that will probably be Randy talking a lot about it. And especially the major thing that's come up over the past few weeks, pay-per-view coverage for Ring of Honor. Yes, we are going to go As in, in the sense of yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> but anyway, we will see you after these messages. Catch you in a few. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown video games and whatever the hell else he feels like. 
See you in chat. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Ready to ride the Palomino Stallion. <clears throat> Sorry. I mean, welcome back to whatever this is called. Covering God knows what. And also Ron Burgundy. But regardless of that, yeah, Anchorman looks awesome. But in the second segment intro, we had BG staying alive. Put that in there just as a tribute to the sadly departed Robin Gibb. And yeah, there's only one BG alive, which is... Really depressing. Well, one Gibb considering that, considering as well that 
apparently Barry and Robin were teasing that they might get together and do something. That it always happens to him when something yes. like that happened. When Andy was gonna, when all four of them were gonna join, he died of the. I think it was a drug overdose or the. Yeah. When, John, when they teased the Beatles getting back together, John Lennon got shot. Yeah. Pretty much. I was gonna say when Pink Floyd got back together, but Sid went quite a bit after. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Died after. Yeah. Uh, they died at the one guy died after the live the live Earth show. Live or live, yeah, live eight live Earth. Yeah. Ah fuck! I can't think. Live of it. Was thing. it Mason? I think it was no, Mason. No, Mason. It was Richard Wright, the keyboard guy. There we go. Yeah, we're talking about music. This is this is a wrestling show talking about music. And that's if you got a, that's why if you stuck this any time and spliced it in, we probably wouldn't and just chose random bits from the audio file. We wouldn't be talking about wrestling. So <laughs> let's, let's let's reel it back in on the fishing reel, and we'll talk some indie stuff first. Touching on a little bit of Ring of Honor and. I don't know if it's in the style of Harry Potter called this Border Wars and the Trouble with Streaming. <laughs> or something. Yeah, that would, I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we started with Eddie Edwards and Rhino, which I will admit the Ring of Honor I did see a bit of, but not a lot. But I'd have thought this would have been a good match because of Eddie and Rhino, because how many times has Rhino been in Ring of Honor now? He's like he's like a he's like the new abyss of Ring of Honor. He just shows up every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> Come and leave. Um this would be, as far as I know, his fourth or fifth appearance for Ring of Honor. So overall your thoughts on the match? Eh, it was a decent match. It wasn't nothing nothing too special. Got its point across. Well, was there really a point? But yeah, it was it was a good match. <laughs> I'm actually looking at this. This is refreshing. Every single match on this pay-per-view was over 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, the R- ROH matches. Take, take, take note, take note, WWE. <laughs> take, note, take note, TNA. Mm. Next up, we had a six-man tag with All Night Express and TJ Perkins beating the Young Bucks and Mike Mondo. Actually, weirdly enough, for over the limit, with the exception of, like, the squashes, they were mostly, like, ten minutes, but... Yeah, even the Divas match. So yeah. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts on the six-man tag? Six-man tag was pretty good. This was... You had All Night Express and the Young Bucks, who had been who had been feuding TJ Perkins, uh, who's been in the last two six-man tags they've had at shows. He was in the one at the Unity show they did as part of Synergy. Mike Mondo is, uh, you might remember Mike Mondo from the E as uh, one of the Spirit Squad members, Mikey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's who that is. He He's pretty good. He, he had a the match. The one with, with the crazy high-pitched voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good wrestler. Him and Matt Taven had a match on TV a couple weeks back that was really good. And it didn't even look like it was going to be that good, but it was pretty good. All they needed was Bimmy and Jimmy in the Spirit Squad. <laughs> if anybody gets that video game reference, have a cookie. <laughs> I think I do, but it might <laughs> odd to think of it. That's a paper clip for me. There. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think it was Double Dragon 2 or 3. Well, they got it wrong with the translation. Instead of being Billy and Jimmy, it was Bimmy. <laughs> <laughs> like Modern Japan. Japan. But, yeah. So a good little match then with the six men. Mm. Yeah. Next up, the streak is over. Yes. Goldberg lost. No, sorry. Jay Lethal defeated Tommaso Ciampa. Mm, this, was an, this was a good match. I don't have a problem so much with the streak ending, even though you could have, yeah, it would have really hurt Lethal if he did take the loss to Ciampa as much as this one kind of does to Ciampa, even though Lethal did, how did the match, it, well, he did 10 backbreakers with the, uh, I forgot what he called that move, Lethal Injection 3 or something, he has like, he tends yeah. to use the same names on the moves. second uh, half of Lethal Injection. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. The first half. All right. Yeah. The backbreaker part. He did 10 of those backbreakers yeah. into the. There you go. The, yeah. One half. He ten did that 10 times. And then the. 10 backbreakers. Yeah. He did 10 of them. One, two, <laughs> 10 like, times. <laughs> like, like, yeah. He went Benoit suplex and did 10 yeah. <laughs> Just that. When I heard that, I was like. 10 backbreakers. 10. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a bit of overkill. But nonetheless, he knew that shit was done. Next up was—is this a return match from second best in the world? Not best in the world. So down in the sun. Yes. Lance Storm and Mike Bennett. Yes. Um, this one was good. Yeah, this was pretty much to even up the score. Have Storm up one, bend it up one, and then the blow off more than likely will be at best in the world. To see who is the best in the world, and of course the answer will be CM Punk. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, little sorry, side... no, Chris Jericho. <laughs> no, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> best in the world, except Brazil. <laughs> yeah, we keep going back to that one. Yeah, that, that's going to be a constant on this one. Um, was Maria still as hot as ever? She was not there for Border Wars. What? It was Bob this time. Yeah, Maria was not there at Border Wars. You mean Wikipedia lies? Oh. <laughs> it says it, Maria it was there. It was, already, it was already known that she wasn't going to be there. I don't know why she was, was she on an, Was she on another indie show? Uh, She might have been. Most yeah. likely the reason. Yeah, because Mia Yim wasn't there for the... Where would Mia Yim have been at? Because there were two shows she would have been <laughs> had to be at because she works in ZZW and ROH. Basically, they were doing stuff. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, they were they doing were stuff, so they stuff. weren't there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The little side note with Storm Bennett. Storm came out to Enemy by Fozzie, making Enemy used in WWE, TNA, and ROH. As Cult of Personality or anything by... Whoever did cult personality, Can't uh, um, it hasn't been used in TNA. In living color, has it? Has WCW ever used it? No. <laughs> they tended to use a lot of like sound alike themes. Yeah. Like TNA had that had a until they like all went over a theme overhaul last year. A lot of them tended to have very similar sounding themes that could be like a whole little maybe triple threat segment one day or yeah. whatever. 
Oh, yeah, that'll be back next week, Triple Threat. <laughs> next, we've got Michael Elgin taking on Adam Cole. You had, yeah, you had two of your top rising stars here, Adam Cole, who's just as much a rising star here as in ZZW. And he was actually trained in the ZZW Academy, believe it or not. And Michael Elgin, who he just had a five-star bet. So, yeah, of course, people are going to be talking about him. Yeah. Five stars kind of carries a bit on your, I guess, CV. Yeah, I had a five-star match. It's the only one so far this year. What? Yeah. (laughs) But next up, the world TV title with Finley versus Roderick Strong, which Strong retained. Mm, This was, I'll probably have to watch maybe this match again because some stuff I didn't really see as well but this was decent i was kind of expecting it and it probably was to an extent kind of like a match roderick strong had with uh a wrestler by the name of masaki mochizuki in uh pwg and mochizuki for those of you that don't know is a bit probably one of the stiffest kickers i've ever seen yeah like okay status that's what that was pretty we're talking stiff yeah (laughs) Well, Japan. He he stiff for Japan. There's like certain people that are like Kawada. I'd probably say is one. <laughs> I saw the match he had with Foley. He beat the shit out of Foley. Like he beat him pretty bad than some of his hardcore matches. <laughs> wow, that's Kawada. Kawada the that actually okay. does sound bad. I will okay, say the that. ballet. Remember when you were talking about when you saw Davy Elgin in the ballet kicks? You didn't really like. That's what Kawada would do a lot. He did those kicks. Those boom, boom. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's painted enough of a picture to make me go, damn. Yeah. Uh, Strong gets another, the win with the sick kick. Good match. Speaking of another, damn. No, Ron Simmons isn't here. Oh, this finish. Carson Benjamin beating the Briscoes in the fight without honor to regain the world tag team titles. Here's what I'll say about this match. With what they're going for, especially since it looks like it's going to become ladder war match, you have to have Haas and Benjamin go over. If not, then yeah, (laughs) the feud would be over. But if the... Ooh, this finish was just... And it's funny when I hear comparisons to Ring of Honor, especially since Gabe got fired, more with Pierce and probably just as much with Cornette Delirious booking of uh, them being accused of being like Smoky Mountain wrestling. And this is the biggest example to point out here with the finish. Smoky Mountain of Honor. Yes, yeah, Smoky Mountain of Honor. <laughs> Charlie Haas uses a towel soaked in ether, knocks Mark out, and gets the pin. Yes, oh, I read that. Oh my right god! It's the giant Gonzalez move. <laughs> it's the giant yeah, Gonzalez move. Nine. Yeah, WrestleMania Nine match. Only used by Harvey Whippleman. He and was various other people. <laughs> yeah. We're using a lot of the same people again. Jericho's going to be it. This ep- the, we're probably going to name this episode something with Brazil in it. Yeah. Why it goes to Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> on location edition <laughs> or something I don't know yeah but and then the main event arguably 
well, I would say just as shocking, but probably not expected. Steen goes over on Davy Richards and is your new Ring of Honor world champion. Oh, yeah. uh, oh I was kind of distracted there. Yeah, oh, man. Because I like Davy, except in Ring of Honor. Uh, well, Davy Elgin was good, but some of his matches I really don't like just because of uh, the American Strong style kind of no selling. Yeah, I I yeah. know there was people, they praised him versus Edwards at Best in the World last year. Yeah, no, that one. And then when they basically good. had the same match and yeah. final battle, people went, it, no. That's why, yeah. It's like sometimes it'll work out, but like, yeah, when the final battle didn't. Plus, as well, out. what was the pay per view that he couldn't be at because he was in Japan? Um. Fuck. Um. Not best in the world. Um. Was it best in the world? No, no, no. Best in the world was like one. No, no, no. He was at tenth anniversary. Um, so death before dishonor. Yeah. Death before dishonor nine. Yeah. Was it nine? Yeah, nine. Yeah, it would have been nine because de- yeah, nine. Because yeah, it's turning ten this year. Because weirdly enough, have you on a little side note? You notice how like three. Three uh, three companies all at the same time are celebrating a tenth anniversary. Well, I know of TNA and Ring of Honor. Who's the Chikara? They just had their Rio shows. Chikara, who had, but yeah, th- uh, this date, uh, May twenty fifth, that we are recording, breaking the fourth wall for you. Hey, Cole. Uh, um, ten years ago, at this date, they had the. Uh, well, the Renaissance Dons, where the main event was the black t-shirt squad of Mike Quackenbush, Reckless Youth, and Don Montoya taking on the Gold Bond Mafia, who you might better know as CM Punk, Colt Cabana, and Chris Hero. Why is it about us mentioning Colt every five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> he, should be a, he should be in ROH now, but Cornette doesn't like comedy. <laughs> Sadly, like that's probably like the reason why he's not there. He doesn't mind Kevin Steen bringing out a tennis racket with yeah. his face on. There was a well. There was a promo Steen was talking about it when it was Steen and Jacobs versus Generico, and Generico had to find a partner. The partner ended up being BJ Whitmer, who had a long story feud with Jimmy Jacobs in ROH, and uh, they were talking in the promo like, "Oh, what if they bring back Colt Cabana?" It's like. Nope, Jim Cornette's still working here. <laughs> that won't happen. But try and reel it back to the pay-per-view. Oh, yes. Reeling yeah. it back to that. Yes, I was happy Steen won with the package pile driver. Well, I was. I thought he was going to win with something else. Maybe bust out the Steenalyzer, which is probably more deadly. Uh, no, it is more deadly than the package pile driver. <laughs> And even Davey Richards busted out the DR driver, which I haven't seen him use in a while. It's been a long time. But nonetheless, Kevin Steen wins. Kerry Silken didn't even want to give the title belt to the champion because in tradition, Kerry Silken always gives the cha- always gives the hands the champion the belt, which he's done since I think Danielson was the first. It was either Danielson or Homicide would have been the first one he did it to. Yeah. But he didn't because, yeah, Kerry Silken... He tried to package pile drive Kerry Silken, <laughs> which to this day, Kevin Steen is the only ROH wrestler, well, also by virtue of Kerry never really making appearances like that, to put his hands on 
Mr. Silken. And then Steve Carino is back with Steen. So evil reigns in Ring of Honor as we move into Best in the World the next month. Which we only currently have one match set for, which is Elgin versus Finley. Which, mm, it's got potential, certainly, because would would you say they're both kind of the same structure? Or uh, same style? Yeah, kind of. Elgin's a bru- uh, bruiser, like, uh, str- he's uh, really stocky. He's short, but You'll see him boom, 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 all. He reminds me of Rhino a lot. Weirdly enough, that they have Rhino there in Ring of Honor, but I'd say like a Rhino type maybe for Elgin, and then Finley is yeah that Bruiser that dude that's just gonna beat your ass <laughs> if you win. He, you're gonna get you're not gonna get out of that without any bruises. Yeah. Well. So overall, show wise, good one. Yeah, it was a pretty good show overall. There was, uh, the only thing that really left a bad taste in my mouth, if anything, was just the fight without honor ending. But even then, the match was pretty decent. So, uh, And that's more kind of the feud not really being that good and whatever. But this, this would be something I'd suggest to watch, especially Steen Jacobs. Uh, not Steen Jacobs. Uh, Steen Richards. <laughs> He doesn't know what matches he's watching. He's not confused. <laughs> I'm watching 10th Anniversary Show. That's why I messed up. Oh, uh, that's why. He's, he's being distracted by, by other things, which is not very good. Well, I wasn't, but it's a good way to segue into it without looking like too much of an ass. Nah. <laughs> Speaking of asses, I'm sure a lot of asses got hurt after the CCW pay-per-view. Oh! <laughs> These segues get more and more tenuous by they come. All right, I did like that one. That one was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll jump into the CZW pay-per-view, which is Proving Grounds and started with the World Junior Heavyweight title being on the line with Drake Younger and Sabian. This was a this was a pretty good match. This was really in this card. He only had about... And even though, yeah, everybody talks about CZW stuff, but for the most part now, ZZW is actually a promotion to watch. Like, I'll say it here and I'll say it anywhere else. Aerial Assault, their show in March is one of my top shows of the year out of any company. And it's easily probably the best CZW show I've ever seen. (laughs) And then you can make the deathmatch jokes or whatever, but it was, they still do that too. (laughs) Oh, they have Tournament of Death coming up next month, which I'm looking forward to that, too. Tournament of Death. Death matches aren't too bad, but eh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. But Younger Sabian, this was pretty good. Younger, uh, look, Sabian was hurt after he, or Black Cheese, I should say, after he took the Drake's Landing, which is the cop killers uh, slash Kudo uh, Vertebraker, back to Belly Underhook Pile Driver to be more technical. <laughs> Uh, which is the Drake's landing. Sabian took mm-hmm. it. Looked like he landed on his neck there on it. Re- landed really Ew. nice. Was out for a bit. I think he's. F- I think he did get hurt or something. But uh, all in all, he was fo- he was able to get out of the ring somehow. But this was that one in the main event. Really, were your other matches to watch? But 
other stuff wasn't too bad, and I'll still go into that too. Yeah, match two was Lucky Thirteen versus Ruckus. This was good, but they were pretty much doing all their spots. Pretty much, Ruckus is. I like Ruckus, but oh, he's man. a very yeah. He does a lot of. He's spotty as fuck. He's like he's very spotty. visual appearance or just generally. Uh, no, he just does a lot of spots. Like, okay. or what? I, I don't really use spot monkey. Is it not a regardless of the monkey term? Just not a. Other monkeys I, are available, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or the black reference, but nonetheless. <laughs> wow. Not just <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds ironic, but or flippy, flippy shit, whatever. Yeah, he does a lot of he do, he does a lot of moves or whatever. And well, lucky got the win with Irish car bomb, which is um, I think it was the no, that's not the that's the rollback driver. Um, either way, he won with that move. I forgot what it is now. <laughs> and. It wasn't bad, but it was just they were just doing spots, really. Nothing really to go. Nothing spectacular. Yeah. Match three was Alexander James versus Shane Strickland versus Latin Dragon. And like as I'm reading through the to help me review this, yeah, I didn't agree with this reviewer as well. This was it had the problems the other match had. There wasn't really a flow to it. It's just them kind of doing stuff. Even though I did like Strick, uh, Shane Strickland will probably be coming back for his EZW. Look, he's somebody to watch out for. I'd say there, Latin Dragon. He's been there before. Alexander James does the uh, Gulak uh, for uh, uh, campaign for a better combat zone, <laughs> and you'll see Gulak more in the main event. Uh, James got the win here. Eh, another match to skip. This was a very Compared to their last side pay-per-view, Best of the Best, which was pretty good, and the show I mentioned before, Air Assault, this one was a step down for their shows, because just nothing to really, oh, this you should go out of your way to see this. And then okay. uh, DJ Hyde announced the Tournament of Death stuff. Yeah, we next have the Tournament of Death announcement, which was, well, I'm intrigued by some of these titles, because I'm not into a CCW that much. We got an ultra-violent drunken scaffold match. Oh yeah, because this is a throwback to uh, this is a throwback to when they were in Germany, when they were doing the what do they call it, the ultra-violent world tour, or something like that. It was CZW, WXW in Germany, uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling and Fight Club Pro out of I don't know where they're at in England, but I know the, the UK, and they did a show in Germany. Which was a uh, uh, was like the drunken death scaffold match or something where they had the big scaffold, not like uh, uh, like a scaffolding, pretty much, but not like like Elevation X or uh, the uh, can't think of the scaffold match. Well, the uh, one where Cornet uh, Big Bubba couldn't catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so. yeah, it, and it was cool because like. The rules of it was if you do a move off the scaffold, you have to take a shot. And if and if the referee when the referee made a count, uh, any count, he had to take a shot. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, the referee's gonna get pretty drunk then. The fact yeah. that yeah, more versus Danny Havoc versus Lucky Thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah, we're also gonna have Eddie Havoc and uh, Devin Moore, and like. 
it was funny because like the first couple like the first moves they did was like a basic revert pin reversal stuff so he had to drink like four shots in a row yeah plus we're also gonna have some look, an ultra violent ladders match between drake younger and rory mondo a panes of glass match versus between matt Suda and scott summers oh and then thanks to a stipulation from dj hyde it's going to be Matt Tremont versus Abdullah Kobayashi in a light tube, bundles, and bats. Yeah, that should be good. Matt Tremont, who debuted around this time last year, he's gotten over really quickly with the CZW crowd. Because he's more, because like, like a lot of the uh, kind of guys that were doing ultraviolence back in the day aren't there as much. And then the last guy you kind of really had... Uh, Nick Gage, he is in jail. <laughs> yeah. And then Mark came in and he's wrestling wise, I've seen so he's not too bad, but like he can um he, he's a good ultraviolet guy. I really like his death matches. <laughs> Next up, the ultraviolet rules match between Matt, just mentioned, and Greg Excellent. Um and yeah, this reviewer almost reads my mind on it, but yeah, I'd agree with that too. It was this was interesting because there was nothing really ultraviolet about it. It, it was more like, as he pointed, this was pretty much a storyline match. They wrestled for a bit, nothing too bad, but it was more just to further the point to piss off DJ Hyde that oh no, we're not going to do the ultraviolet stuff. Then DJ Hyde comes in, whacks Matt Tremont with the chair, then hit DJ uh not D, DJ Hyde yeah, he hit himself. DJ Hyde hit Greg Excellent with the chair. Greg Excellent falls on top of Matt Tremont and gets the pin. And then pretty much what this is is the Tremont DJ Hyde ordeal where Tre- Matt Tremont wants a match against DJ Hyde. DJ Hyde won't give it to him unless he wins tournament of death. And that person he's facing, Abdullah Kobayashi, is one of the yeah, he's one of the top guys in like big Japan pro wrestling and like he's done tournament of deaths before, so it's supposed to be this big struggle, which more than likely is going to have Tremont winning TOD. Yeah. Next up, we got the CCW Wired TV title. Between, and I'm guessing these guys are brothers. Irish Airborne, if you, uh, where they used to be Irish Airborne, the Chris brothers. The Chris brothers, Dave versus Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, this one wasn't too bad. Uh, their matches, this was pretty much this, another, this one wasn't necessarily as storyline heavy as say, no, 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 scratch that. Uh, it, it was okay. And then uh, Dave Chris brought in a ladder and hit Jake with it to get the DQ win, which is going to set up for a ladder match at uh, their next show, Prelude to Violence. Ohio is for Killers. Both of them happen to, I think, yeah, both of them are from Ohio too. Uh, yeah. The match they had, if you do want to see a Chris match between the two, watch the one they had at Cage of Death. In December, that one was pretty good. But this match. one was whatever. Just it, it was to get the storyline across more than the match. Okay, match six, the CZW World Tag Titles with I can't even pronounce that name. Azriel, <laughs> Azriel, and Bandido Junior defending against Joe Gacy and Ryan Slater. The Runaways, the Runaways, yeah, taking Ezreal. Many people might remember him as Federico Palacios last year in TNA when they had the X Division guys coming in. Um, 
uh, I had started to notice too, a lot of this pay-per-view was very kind of storyline heavy with the exception of really like the last the opening match of the main event match, which was already the blow off to a big storyline. Um, this match was, it was all right. Wasn't too bad. It's just the, yeah, the tag division is, it would just be Ezreal Bandito, then the blackout and the runaways in this match. Pretty much shakes it up since Alex Cologne, who was in the blackout, him and Chrissy Rivera, who pretty much looks like Snooki. I'll just say it like that, but <laughs> yeah, because she's short and all that, uh, among other things. Um, she's actually married to Sammy Callahan. Um, her and Alex Cologne defected from the blackout to go with Azrael Bandito, and they become four loco because all of them are of Latin descent because Azrael is from Argentina. Cologne, I think it. Oh, what is he? Port? He's either Puerto Rican or Dominican. Uh, but they're all of Latino descent, and blackouts going to be whatever. Then the Runaways. Uh, oh shit! Uh, the Runaways broke up. Joe Gacy turning on Ryan Slater afterwards. So the whole tag division they didn't care for is now just gone. <laughs> yeah, tag division. Yeah. So then we have. Well, it seems to be uh, a co- it's a call out match for the CCW World Heavyweight Title that Masada has, and yeah. it gets answered by Devin Moore, mm-hmm. the former champion. Who mm, this was? I didn't mind him as a champ, but uh, uh, like around the end of his reign, a lot of people were starting to like turn on him. Which was which was which was made really evident when you watch CZW's last show at the arena, an excellent adventure, where he faced Adam Cole. And the crowd was kind of a bit apprehensive on more, but Cole was a big enough heel at that point to kind of turn it back to where at least they were cheering him because he was beating up Cole. And then <laughs> this match really did him no favors as Masada beat him pretty quickly. Masada, uh, he started to actually transition now into more. Like, he's a deathmatch guy, but he can wrestle, too. Which, uh, so, a lot of them kind of can, and some of them can't. But, more often than not, it probably gets used in the deathmatch stuff. But now that he's the world champ, it's probably either just going to blend in with the two, or just more wrestling. But he's more than able to actually wrestle. I actually, oddly enough, saw him wrestle a match on Heat back in 2003. That I saw old that somebody posted on YouTube. Uh, say that again. Old school kind of stuff. You know, we're talking like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, yeah. He used to be at one point. Masada was in Ring of Honor for a while before he actually went to ZZW. Even though he's more yeah. known as like a deathmatch guy. And yeah, that was it. He won with the uh, what does he call that move? It's a Regal Plex, but I think it was a. Uh, I'm not the Regal Plex, a Death Valley Driver. It was Death Valley Driver, yeah. I forgot what he calls it, because I know he has a move called the Skull Fucker Buster. Yes, that's what it's called. Yes, that is a technical term, so we can get away with it. Oh, I think I know what he calls it. Uh, the Masodomizer. Oh, I God, that's, that's just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> that, that was so bad, I snorted. <laughs> I, I, I snorted and chuckled. My God, that's, that's how bad that name was, but... <laughs> Anyway, I think I, main, main I event, to, which it had to be, because of the fact that there was no ropes. Well, there was ropes, it's just they were made out of barbed wire. 
Yep. <laughs> it was Danny Havoc versus Drew Gulak. And like I have been mentioning before, of course, the only thing to really watch from it was the first match in the main event. And yes, this main event was pretty good. Very interesting how it was booked because especially if you know the whole Drew Gulak. Yeah, it's called the Masodomizer. Just to <laughs> make that sure. His finishers are the Skullfuck of Buster, Raining Blood, and the Masodomizer. <laughs> Just to really make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> At least the Slayer reference there. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Drew Gulak starting about late, yeah, it would have been like late 2010, was going on a campaign to try to clean up the combat zone from all the ultraviolence and stuff, which weirdly enough, they somewhat done. <laughs> Not necessarily as a result of his stuff, but just in general. And one of the, And he was feuding with Nick Gage up until... He went to jail <laughs> and then he started and then at the um, there what was it yeah from small beginnings comes great things or January 2011 show he came uh, uh Dewey Donovan who was Nikki uh, Nikki Gage Nick Gage manager is like he's here and then from uh for who the bell tolls plays which was a steam and everybody's like oh shit it's Nick Gage and then Drew Kulak comes out. And then one of the only times that uh, you saw a really pissed off ZZW crowd, <laughs> you see them literally turn their backs to him <laughs> as he goes on to talk about it. Then the Danny Havoc was like, you really shouldn't be talking shit about him. And then it led to this whole feud where he cost him uh, uh, due to his um, hired muscle to Figa. He cost Danny Havoc his match at last year's tournament of death. And then a couple months before this match, Havoc helped cause Gulak his shot at the world title against the then-champ Scotty Vortex. So, yeah, they've been at each other. And then best of the best, they had the signing for the match. And Havoc pulled out a barbed wire back and hit Drew Gulak with it, which I believe, yeah, was the first time Gulak had ever bladed. And Gulak was pissed, set up for the no-rope barbed wire match. Which was interesting because you had Gulak, who was still wrestling in his normal stuff, trying to avoid at all costs to get into the barbed wire. Which I liked it with that because you had a storyline with it, and it made it even better when um, uh, when he did go into the barbed wire. Which probably helped the match a lot that you had a background to. Because a death match, I think, you can do like random death matches, but yeah. sometimes it won't work because it'll be like, oh, they're just hitting each other with shit. But if it has a background to it, then yeah. It'll help to it more. But either way, this is a good match. Danny Havoc gets the win with a, let's see, he hit the brain bus and he hit the general order 24, which is a wrist clutch Death Valley driver into a loose piece of barbed wire to win. And that was your show. This is a show that, well, most EZW people that wouldn't want to watch it, but I would not really recommend this show. I'd agree with him too. There's only... Uh, yet again, redundancy running rampant. Uh, two matches to check, but uh, the Vault shows at least one of them. I'd probably recommend as we go into those. Yeah, we'll start with Evolve Twelve, and the opening match for that show was Caleb Conley versus Jake Manning versus Adam Page. Yeah, this was uh, this was an okay little three way. Nothing really going here. Jake Manning getting I don't know what he calls that move, but. It's a. Uh, it's similar to what um, what we were talking about. Jay Lethal doing that backbreaker, flatliner, complete shot combo, 
which I remember, and his his looks a little better than Jay Lethal's for some reason. Probably just like the technique. And the first time I saw him do it, he did it to a girl, and it looked that nasty. <laughs> Match and, two was Alex Reynolds versus Mike Cruz. Mm, this is all right. Nothing really going. Just another match to pass through. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. All that all needs to be said is Reynolds won. Yeah. Reynolds so, won. match three, Loki versus Jigsaw. Ooh, okay, this match was pretty good. I like low-key matches, but the thing that sucks when watching him, especially now, is that almost every time he's going to win. Because if you don't know, Loki has... Well, of course, he could have really pulled that shit in the E. But he's had a tendency to not job to people, which is the main reason why he's not in Ring of Honor, probably now. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, he's with the guy he probably hated the most there that he was feuding with and gave Sapolsky because there was uh, to kind of go off on the side a bit there made, there's like three instances mainly that kind of accentuate that when Austin Aries before Austin Aries dropped the belt to Punk at Death Before Dishonor they had a show called The Future Is Now and Loki actually beat Aries there even though Aries was the champ and it really would have made sense for Aries to go under like that, even though he was about to lose the title. But the, and the only reason he really it, he didn't want a job to him or it was something like that. Then the Jay Lethal thing when he had the feud with him, they had a their blow off match was a fight without honor at Glory Bonner Four that Loki wins cleanly. Yet Loki was the heel, <laughs> and the yeah. whole storyline was trying to get Jay Lethal to get that pin on Key. <laughs> It would eventually be rectified later that night when Lethal would challenge him to another fight without honor and Lethal would win, but it still kind of fucks up the point of having <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And then he didn't want to job to Roderick Strong back in 06, and that pro- and other issues with Gabe led to him quitting for, I think it was like the second time he had quit, and he hasn't come back since then. Okay. And then now on to where this goes with that Loki now has an Evolve. You They don't have any titles, at least right now they don't. The way you're like the top guy is by your record, uh, which is why you're seeing on there like they had 2-0. and o. They go by yeah. the record. It's like NXT, except yeah. it means something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. And right now, I think, yeah, the point, the win and streak leader, also streak is, it's like there are three levels you can have it, win, streak, and I think record. Most wins, yeah, most wins, uh, best streak and record, which Chuck Taylor has two of them, I think. But Loki gets the win here with the key crusher. And this, and he's pretty, the matches he worked this week were good, but that's kind of the thing that bugged me. And then I'll talk later about another thing that kind of bugged me about key. Okay, so we'll jump to match four, which is Fit Finley taking on John Davis. Yeah, this was one of the matches that was one of the marquee matches. This one was pretty good. Like it went for it went <laughs> noticing now, and yeah, it did kind of go long. Twenty four minutes. This went. Fit Finley has he's had some pretty good matches in Evolve. The, the two, or at least I saw the one he had with Callahan was pretty brutal. He and Callahan's a guy who beats up on people, and he was beating up. Finley whooped on that ass. <laughs> but, yeah, Finley's still the same guy he was in the E and still can wrestle, not that he never didn't, considering he's well into his 50s now. 
Even though the one time I have seen Finley wrestle live, that was a shit match. Then again, he was with Kozlov. So, Kozlov. No, it's all HBK's fault. I was going to get into that. <laughs> I was going to get to that probably later on for something. Match five, Johnny Gargano and Samurai Del Sol versus Chuck Taylor and Silas Young. This was a pretty good match. The Which whole point- isn't counting toward the win-loss records. Oh, yes, it isn't. The good thing to bring that up, too. Yeah, and- what the hell? Jake Manning and a Swamp Man accompany Taylor to the oh, ring. Oh, yes, what? The Swamp Monster. Oh, I'm, I might need to show you this match if I can get her one with Chuck Taylor because Chuck Taylor has the, what is it, the Kentucky Gentleman's Club. It's him, the man scout Jake Manning, who's dressed up like pretty much a scoutmaster. Like <laughs> voice okay. You have Orange Cassidy and um, who, Drew Gulak's also in it too. And the Swamp Monster, <laughs> which is, uh, how do I describe it? It looks like a lot of, Fuck, I wish I had, like, let me try to look for his Twitter, because the Swamp Monster has a Twitter, so you'll probably have a picture. I'll probably have to show you a picture of it in a little Skype chat here. But, yeah, it's just weird things uh, that, uh, just Chuck Taylor's kind of a weird character in the sense, which I like about him, and he he gets the win here with the awful waffle, and, um, he gets to choose a stipulation for their next match since they've been feuding uh, Gargano and Taylor, and that match will be for uh, Johnny Gargano's uh, Dragon Gate Open, the Freedom Gate title, which, since now Evolve and DGUSA merge, that it's still two different companies, but, like, the Dragon Gate title will also get defended on Evolve shows, as is the case with Evolve 13. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to, but next up, Matt Six, it's Ricochet versus El Genetico. Oh, man. Yeah, this match was going to be... It wasn't as good as their PWG match I saw, but this one was pretty good. And This goes into where I was talking about Key, and uh, Loki had a match with El Generico at um, Evolve 11, which was in Canada. Yeah, their Canadian debut. And he fought him there, and then the gimmick Loki has in Evolve is like he's trying to take professional wrestling back. That's his whole like he's trying to take it back and how he like he did this to Jigsaw. Oh yeah, that's one thing I should have brought out. After the match with Jigsaw, he was talking about how oh you're good, but like you should stop it pretending you're a luchador or whatever and fight like this. And he was kind of like saying he was saying with Jel Generico, you're you're not as good as you think you are in all this. Which it's like he for all of, he's pretty much a face, but he's saying some pretty f- dick stuff to him, <laughs> like kind of that he's better, like a kind of better than you vibe, and that's what I have a feeling they're going for, and kind of like how Loki is kind of perceived as in real life. So it probably works for a good heel yeah. character. That's what I, it looks like. It's probably going to be, and then yeah, he was on commentary during this match talking about Generico at that too, and then. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just like I don't mind it, but he's just kind of shitting on him for no reason. <laughs> it's, it's like, and then Ricochet got the win with the six thirty splash. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, and he seems also, pretty sweet to be quite honest. And that's just probably the second probably best high flying movie does, <laughs> considering 
does on a somewhat regular basis a double moonsault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About that now. I'll see <laughs> enough, or you can check it. And then mm-hmm. this to the main event, and what a main event this yeah, was. Evolution's End has been described. AR Fox versus Sammy Callahan. There is no Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, or Randy Orton involved. <laughs> yes, there was none of that involved. Evolution's End, uh, AR Fox and Sammy Callahan had been feuding for months all around Evolve and Dragon Get USA. This match, pretty much the blow-off match. Evolution's End, pretty much, meaning that every, they wrestled inside the ring, but outside the ring, weapons and anything else was legal, which uh, was used in this match. And if you've seen their matches, they beat the shit out of each other tables match the tables match they had at open the golden gate back in january for dgusa was pretty brutal and this match was pretty good at that and then there was a spot i was describing to ashley that had him in awe it had me in awe when i saw it i openly marked out to this and for me to try to explain it to you is going to be hard to where i i wish there was someone i could probably upload it to the sns page just to show you this, just to at least see the the move that led to the finish of it. Okay, AR Fox, who does like I posted some videos on YouTube and stuff. He's I'd say the best high flyer today in wrestling. Mm-hmm. The best high flyer today. He does a move where he has a ladder set on the outside of the ring, uh, just a little bit above the ropes, I think, or something. And so he has that, and then there's like a table or whatever set up, kind of wedged, and Callahan's in the middle. AR Fox jumps over the ladder, and while jumping over it, does a topic on Hilo in the process. So, like, he jumps over it and then turns into it to, like, the turnaround, lands on Sammy Callahan onto the table <laughs> below. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and that didn't even get the win. He kicked out and yeah. then. Fox does a springboard, uh, a springboard 450 to get the win. So overall, well, let's not talk about overall because we'll get to Evolve 13 and then you can say which one was better. So Evolve 13, which took place a couple of weeks back, was it? Yeah, May the 12th. Yeah, this was, yeah. Started this was- off with a four-way with, or fatal four-way, whatever the hell you want to call it. AR Fox versus Jigsaw versus Samurai Del Sol versus Ricochet, where the winner will face Johnny Gagano in the main event for the Open the Freedom Gate title. This was a pretty good match. A lot of them getting their stuff in. Um, everybody got to do something in it. And then AR Fox getting the win on Del Sol with the low main pain, which is a... Um, how do I describe this move? It's a Spanish fly, but it's a, a split-legged Spanish fly. Or Here's the better way to describe it, even though it's probably going to make it more lengthy. Well, yeah, well, a high-speed split-legged <laughs> Spanish fly. It wasn't that much lengthy. <laughs> yeah, true. I was expecting it to go on for four years. <laughs> anyway, after that, we had match two, Silas Young versus Adam Page. Um, mismatch. Um, yeah, uh, Silas Young just beat up on Adam Page, and that was pretty much it. Um, Silas Young, a big, a big guy who can do some, who's pretty agile too. 
was working. Yeah, he was a heel this weekend, or I think he is on the show. Well, yeah, we probably, I'd imagine he is without his acting. But yeah, he just pretty much beat him up. <laughs> Squash match. Match three was Caleb Con- C- Caleb Connolly versus Kyle Matthews. Uh, this match wasn't too bad. It was a little. It was what it was there. Uh, Conley getting the win here. I really like Conley's care. Him and his tag, uh, him and his tag team partner Scott Reed, the scene, who have a very over the top entrance to say the least. <laughs> well, this time since there wasn't Scott Reed, their usual manager Larry Dallas is in Japan, so this time they got the one and only Mister Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> to manage Conley over the weekend and to describe the scene's entrance. It's the two guys there. And then the girl or girls, depending on whoever comes out with them, depending on how much money they've got or that gets in, gets, uh, gets in between them and pretty much simulates double penetration. Oh, wasn't that? I remember the last time we were on here and you talked about it. And I think it was Shelly Martinez. Yeah. Shelly Martinez was one of them when they were in, when they did the WrestleMania shows, yep. <laughs> the spit <Yeah>. roses. <laughs> There's a reason to watch Evolve. What, Just to yeah. see which which chick is going to get involved with the scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> EGUSA, because I'm not a big Evolve fan, even though I did enjoy both of these shows. Nonetheless, Conley gets the win here, and we go into the next match. Which is Jake Manning versus Alex Reynolds. Mm, this was okay. It wasn't too bad. Reynolds slipped up a couple times, which did hurt the match. Well, because the one spot was really noticeable that he fucked it up. I think there was another one, but if it wasn't for that, it would have been all right. But he, it was eh. it was one of those where, yeah, the botch kind of did hurt it, <laughs> how he did it, so... Eh. It was okay match. Nothing to really go out and see. Manny gets the win. Match five. Is this the match that built in Evolve 12 that they agreed to? Uh, no. This was... It's a different Loki one. Ricochet okay. later agreed to a match, which okay. would be interesting. Yeah, should, after Loki, Loki, Loki versus John Davis. Yeah. This match, I liked a little more because... I liked it a little more than the Jigsaw because... Not so much a jigsaw, but like, even though Loki, yeah, he was going to win, uh, John Davis really looked like he had a chance of beating Lethal, or he looked like a threat, really, to him, whereas Jigsaw kind of did and kind of did it to an extent. Davis, even though I know he did it in the match, kind of told another story, which which I really liked, too, and it, it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say probably, yeah, the best match from that show. I find it interesting, the post-match antics or oh, interview yeah. with Loki basically pushing the fact that he's the first person to go with a 4-0 streak. And he says that he demands Evolve give him something to fight for and recommends an Evolve title. And quote case, here, yeah. this is where everyone cringes <laughs> because there's a thing called the Open the Freedom Gate title, which is actually on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing because it's the Dragon Gate title. But since that, it kind of doesn't really matter. They have evolve the is Dragon Gate. I thought you already said that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why I was saying like it is and it isn't. It's still too. They merged. It's like yeah, this is indie raw. Dragon Gate is raw. 
evolve as SmackDown. That's the best way for me to describe wow. it. <laughs> so they've merged and created TNA. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Match six was Chuck Taylor versus Mike Cruz. Um, it was okay. Nothing too, nothing too bad. It was pretty good. Nothing spectacular, anyway. Yeah, nothing too. It was, it was pretty much you had to get um, uh, for ch- a showcase for Taylor, or whatever, to lead up to yeah. his match with Gargano, and then also he wanted an evolved title. Next up, Sammy Callahan taking on El Generico, match seven. This one was pretty good. Sammy Callahan and El Generico. Generico, I feel, is like a, the mysterio of the Indies where I feel he can almost... And I, to this day, haven't even seen really a bad match Generico's had. Like, if you had... There must be something wrong with you if your match with Generico sucks. And Sammy Callahan's, uh, who's rumored to be going to the, he had a tryout not too long ago, and then he also just lost the light heavyweight title in CZW, so maybe he might be going, or not light heavyweight, junior heavyweight title. Um, Generico getting the win with the Brain Buster, and then Callahan, much of a loose cannon like his partner, like his former partner, Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And then some crazy antics as well after this with choking out referees hello Daniel Bryan oh no that's, that's, <laughs> ringing, out, that's ringing announcers oh yeah but yeah some craziness and then the main event the open the freedom gate title with Johnny Gagano defending against AR Fox this was a pretty good match I really liked it it's two guys I, I'm Becoming a bigger Gargano fan, I know. Um, how do I, <laughs> I say it with Gargano? Uh, I liked Gargano, and then I then I realized I remember watching. Oh shit! I saw this dude a while back on a pro wrestling Ohio show, and then I remembered who he was. And then, but yeah, he's grown a lot as a wrestler, and he's gonna be somebody to really look out for if he isn't already now in the Indies. And AR Fox, I've said my praise about AR Fox. <laughs> like, and he's like, he reminds me of Evan Bourne in that they don't really botch. Like, yeah, they do, but like, I've only seen AR Fox maybe botch a couple of times. And this is a guy who regularly works in ZZW. Yeah. <laughs> gets a tendency, which is somewhat true, somewhat false, of being <laughs> botch a maniac. <laughs> Keep an eye on people. So and then, oh, got the win here, and then Gargano doing a pretty nice thing in the ring, <laughs> bringing this girl in who wrote a paper talking about how Johnny Gargano was her hero. Her dad let Gargano know, and they set this all up <laughs> so she could have her moment in the ring with her favorite wrestler. Wow. Yeah. If only Brodus Clay did that. <laughs> Except yeah, didn't make him dance. Kids out Under today. point of death. <laughs> by eating. <laughs> you better dance or I'm going to eat you. <laughs> the Funkasaurus is hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say so oh, overall, Evolve 13 better than 12 or not? 
I'd say overall 12 was. Because 13 wasn't too bad, but some of the matches were kind of... And I didn't really care. Like, I didn't mind the people, but it's like, there was no reason really for me to care if you want to look at, like, this, that, or whatever. Uh, but of all 12, I thought was the better show, even though 13 is one to check out, and I'm not really a big fan of Evolve. <laughs> Mainly because of, like, how the style it is that it's like, oh, we're doing it for points. Like, it's not bad, but it's like, okay, so then what do you do <laughs> after that? Which... The title picture will help, but we'll see what happens with Evolve going on. We'll into- it, yeah. And then him and he was talking mad shit. Of, Gabe supposedly was talking mad shit about Ring of Honor pay-per-view issues over the week to the point where they had to send a cease and desist letter. There you go. Somebody's not bitter about getting fired <laughs> for being burnt out. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. Mm. But there you go. So, a- anything else that we need to mention from the indie stuff, really? Uh, just one big thing. Probably might mention it uh, next week because if yeah, because our sh- yeah, because uh, the show will probably be there if we do do it next week, the day of, and that'd be Chikara's second eye pay per view, Chikarosaurus Rex: How to Hatch a Dinosaur, which <laughs> is yeah, genius names. Yeah, as you see on the page, looking at some of the names on there, like the foggiest notion, give them the axe, the zodiac crime, Zelda the Great, <laughs> the Ring of Wax. <laughs> no, but, I prefer Houses of Wax. Hmm. House of Wax, except without Paris Hilton. Hmm. Even though she had a pretty, Vince- she had a pretty nasty death in that movie too. Ah, uh, Vincent Price, Vincent Price original for the win. Even yeah. though the House of Wax is only in it for about four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll just go through a quick preview of these things. I won't go into too much detail. Um, let me see. Your f- well, yeah, we'll start. Why is the- it the bloke that's supposed to be dressed up like the majorette at the front kind of looks like the Miz on crack? <laughs> I'm just Are looking they- at the poster and it's, yeah. Archibald Peck, who's now... Well, he's not so much the Majorette now. He's Mixed Marshall Archie. So we've got Five of Chikara's Finest Wage War on Gek... Oh, Gekido yeah, or Gekido? Gekido. Yeah, Gekido. Yeah, we'll start with gonna be Kingston Jigsaw and the Colony versus 17 The Shard and the Swarm. To Kind of catch you up to date on this war. The Gekido comes in, as you can see, the swarm members, combated, assailant, and deviant. Yes, all of them having ant names on purpose because they look much like the ants in the colony. Fire Ant, Green Ant, and uh, Soldier Ant. And the other two guys, the Shard and Seventeen. Seventeen's supposed to be like uh, Quackenbush with how he's dressed, and the Shard's supposed to kind of be like Jigsaw, as you can kind of see with the stuff. And then yeah. Kingston being the grand champion. And the Gekido, uh, the whole story is they were guys who couldn't cut it in the Wrestle Factory for some reason. And now they're coming back to expose the dirty secrets about Chikara. They tried to unmask. They pulled off some of Fire Ant's mask at one. They pulled off Green Ant's mask at a show. And then 17 has been injuring people with his 17 forgotten submission holds. 
one of them injuring Mike Quackenbush and two of them injuring one where this guy, they were hyping up his debut. He loses like a minute in and is pretty much done. <laughs> like kayfabe wise or whatever, like his career is over and shit after he, after 17 broke his arm, his wrist, something in that area <laughs> with his yeah. hold. So these are some dangerous guys, the Gekido and they're pretty much your big bad, the guy trying to take, Guys, they always have that in Chikara. Somebody who's trying to take over whatever your top heels. So that should be good. And we've also got the Lucha de Apuesta. Yes, it's mask match, except it's mask versus hair. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what was that match? Punk versus Big Show, except Big Show didn't have any hair. Yeah. <laughs> Hello Wicked versus Tim Dunst. Yeah, this Lucha Day plus the match, Hallow Wicked and Tim Dodds have been, this is a feud that's been brewing for quite a long time, especially kind of going back to when I started really watching Nakara back in 2010, and then up, uh, only had up until like the, to like last year, and then into it on, and the feud really kind of progressed more. Well, it's progressed a little more this year now with Tim Dodds going complete batshit crazy. Uh, over his love of the cup and trying to destroy Hollow Wicked. And this should be interesting because uh, they've had a few Lucha de Apuesta matches in Chikara. And uh, the not really do people lose their mask. I've only, off the top of my head, I can only think of really two, three times where somebody lost their match in a Lucha de Apuesta match. And the last time, as far as I know, was five years ago, Chris Hero versus Equinox in a hair ver- another hair versus bass match, which is a very important match in the history of Chikara, which I'll go over one day to <laughs> explain Chikara, but it's going to be too, too lengthy to go over here. Yeah. So that should be We've good. Also got the tag, I'm guessing this is tag title belt, two out of three falls with Taylor and Gargano versus the Young Bucks. Yes, this is one of the funny things that Taylor and Gargano, who pretty much wrestle in the same places, but now are mostly feuding, yet they're still fully a team. <laughs> and Jakara are the Campeonatos de Parejas there, or their tag team champions. Them continuing with the Mexican theme on, or Lucha Libre stuff, and they're taking on the Young Bucks. And one of the rules in Jakara to earn a tag team title match is you have to get three points, and you earn a point by pinning a tag team either in a tag team match or they tend to have four-way tags where it's possible to get three points in one match even though it's only happened twice with taylor gargano being did it just recently to win back their campeonatos yeah they pray huh so this should be an interesting match i'm starting to like the young bucks for now (laughs) honestly (laughs) got a ladder match versus granakuma versus icarus this should be interesting. Granakuma and Icarus have a long history together. Icarus and Granakuma, up until Akuma's departure, had been long uh, have been the longest running tag team in re- reigning or longest reign, yeah, long or whatever. They've been they've been a tag team for about seven years until Icarus and Fist uh, turned on him, which ended up with Johnny Gargano joining Fist, which he's in now. Johnny Gargano taking Akuma's spot. Akuma went to ZZW, sucked there. <laughs> now he's back in Chikara. And he's been having to fight a series of trial series just to get his job back. And this match right here will conclude the trial series with if he is able to obtain the contract, he's back in Chikara. If not, bye bye. 
So, a lot on the line there. Three on two handicap match with Sarah Del Rey and Saturn versus the Batiri. Yeah, Sarah Del Rey and Saturn, a newcomer who debuted oh, at, mm-hmm, at their Joshi Media shows uh, uh, December, who've, who's only had I, a couple matches. Uh, I imagine she's won the newer uh, Wrestle Factory trainees, but she's really good, or at least pretty good high flyer for now, so. Well, we'll see that, and, uh... uh, Why is it two of the Bateri look like gold dust? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... Oh, yeah, the green, yeah. And then the Bateri, who's had a problem with, uh, Sarah Del Rey, has been saying many misogynistic and chauvinistic stuff towards her on their Twitter. Just pretty much, oh, she should be... Sarah Del Rey's been with Daniel Bryan. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, not that. That's more... That's more (laughs) kind of a joke than me you now and a couple other people to talk about but there's probably others who know too <laughs> now that I'm spreading the word watch that become something but yeah Sarah Del Rey who's not yeah one of that was not to mess with to begin with Batiri's been trying to get at her then at their last was it their last show I saw the contaminated cow they tried to hog tie Sarah Del Rey it looked like in some weird fashion and then Saturine came for the save Saturine her idol being Sarah Del Rey so that helps out. Uh, she has a grudge. She's going to help her idol out. So that's where the two on three falls in. And we've got a match between Ultramantis Black and Ophidian. Ophidian, who's been on a, who's another person who's gone batshit crazy due to well, a lot of things. But like ever since he turned on Amasis, who had to retire due to a car accident he was in last year, that put that in limbo. And then. Now he's on his own, Ophidian. He talks to the mask. He stole Ultramantis' black staff and has been pissing him off as of late, so they have a match there to duke it up. And finally, the throwbacks taking on Archie and... Hi, Colt Cabana. <laughs> yeah, Colt Cabana. Yeah, Colt, Colt Cabana, he's there again. <laughs> Everywhere he invades this show, my word. Yeah, he's been he's making... more up. prolific than punk and... Tim Corner. <laughs> yeah, Cole Command has been making a lot of appearances in uh, Chikara's of late now, especially that he's not with Ring of Honor anymore. And uh, this match came about due to, as you saw, Archibald Peck, the majorette, uh, the majorette guy. He had a majorette with him, Veronica, but she, he, Archibald Peck had been on a big losing streak, weirdly enough. One of the matches that kind of like set off probably her hatred for him was when the match probably that set off the streak I think too was when he lost to Cabana back at their last iPay-Per-View high noon over the whole Colt Cabani thing um, Archie and then Veronica pretty much is getting pissed that Archie keeps losing and then she has the hots for Mr. Touchdown to the throwbacks so she pretty much leaves Archie for him and then Archie just goes under a complete change as Mix Marshall Archie which is an awesome gimmick <laughs> Where he's totally playing the fact that he doesn't know wrestling and it's just like a Mr. Marshall guy. <laughs> like, yeah, this is a, a pretty another awesome character from Archibald Peck, who's also Barrister R.D. Evans at the embassy. <laughs> if you remember oh, that guy. So it's and it's also worth noting that the first participating trio in the King of Trios in September 
will be revealed in this Ooh. show as well. That's going to be interesting. I mean, who do you think it could be? Who would you uh, like to see? I can, off the bat, I could probably see one of the teams automatically be in the colony since they won. The Gekido most likely is going to be in it. I wonder what they'll do for the throwbacks this year because that's going to be really interesting if they bring in Matt Classic, who, if you don't know, that's Colt Cabana. <laughs> and they're just about to fight, so weird kind of. Um, there'll probably be some Ring of Honor people, especially now that they're kind of doing somewhat of a storyline with them, even though that who that might be who the Gekido are, but... We'll have to find out when that happens. Um, Fist is going to definitely be in it because they're a trio. Spectral Envoy will probably have a team. Um, There's going to be pretty much everybody on the roster for the most part in some team and a lot of outsiders. So I think that covers all the ending news and that covers this episode, I think. Yes, it does. Oh, I would say I've got ring rust, but ugh. <laughs> uh, that was a refreshing thing. So, uh, whether we're back next week, I don't know. I don't know. Have we got any indie news to cover next week? Um, yeah, any there shows, be- Any other shows that are going to be... Chikarosaurus Rex, yeah, that'll be next week. Well, that'll be Saturday, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably yeah we'll be covering something for sure. <laughs> something will happen. Madness yeah. will ensue. Always that gladiator. No, sorry, three hundred. I'm getting my film references mixed up here. <laughs> but anyway, I still don't know what to call this show, but I know what to call all the other shows on the SNS Radio Network. We've got Wrestling News Live, which is every Tuesday from nine p.m. Eastern. With Trey and JJ Sexe. Starting with this Tuesday coming up at this time. (laughs) Covering all the fallout from the previous night's Raw. And probably Jericho hating Brazil. Or or something like that. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. (laughs) And we got the pro wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) We got the pro wrestling rewind. With Power, Andy Knowles, and the Bronx Farmer, Tony Mirabella. Unplugged currently on hiatus, but stay tuned to the network for when it returns. And then all the other podcasts. We've got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. We've got the Elite Force podcast midweek with Chuck W. And the weekend edition with Mind Wipe and Walkie. We've got the Open Book as well. I, I left that last because I remember that one because I'm slightly involved with that. But. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I mean, I it could have been easy to miss. And also you got Running the Ropes as well with The other show Crelly, someone involvement with. Crelly and Mav doing God knows what on there every Thursday. So you can't say your support for choice, especially if this show comes back on a weekly purpose. Weekly purpose, weekly basis. Craziness. Also, remember you've got the Sunday Night Showdown pay-per-views, or the pay-per-view coverage every time there's a show, which the next one will be the 
TNA Slammiversary show on June 10th, so a few weeks away. Does it TNA always have... I think it... Well, I think these last couple ones might have, but does it TNA tend to have theirs before WWE? Yeah, yeah normally a week before. Mm. Or thereabouts. I know for the last week and or for the last set and the cut upcoming with Slammiversary and No Way Out, it's TNA and then the week straight after is WWE. But with that, I guess I will say that this has been Ashley. This is Randy. He finally remembered his name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think you. I think you was leaving a gap because you was expecting Nem to suddenly talk. I don't know. Oh, we hope yeah. we we hope we can find Nem and bring him back or something or whatever. But we'll work around it and see what we can do. And we'll hopefully catch you next week. A song of the night is well. Do you want to introduce it, Randy? Yeah. Um, this song of the night goes out to our many Brazil references, if Mas Que Nada wasn't earlier, and <laughs> also the fact that El Generico was mentioned in this segment a lot due to being at the Evolve show, so we will use his theme, which, little fun fact, CM Punk actually used that theme way back when in his days in Minnesota. And there's your final paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> With yep. that, <laughs> with that, thanks for listening, guys. We'll hopefully speak to you next week. Chillax. Ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Let's get on out, off we 